What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Radiovania, episode number 104, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. My name is Zach Rotello. Back in the digital world and sitting across from me is uh, the other side of the coin from this past Sunday, a sick tea drinking John Swansong Parker. <laughs> hey, what's up, man? Not much. How are you feeling? Not 100%. Not 100%, but not terrible. Just That's taking good. some preventative measures. Just sure. Day and age can't be too careful, so I'm just gonna sound a little grovelier than normal. Mm-hmm. We were talking about our best like sick practices. I go hard on the tea. Always drink emergency. Um, that sh- that stuff will that stuff will get you going. But that's basically it. Just kind of chill out, blow my nose a bunch, but I just try and drink. Dude, liquids. it's it's not even like it's scientifically proven that chicken noodle soup is a good cure for being sick especially a cold so i got a can of chicken chunky waiting for me in the pantry that right, baby? <laughs> yeah that's my <laughs> that's my emergency right there i'm just gonna pop it and drink it <laughs> just put it in a put it in a nalgene just drink it cold throughout the day sure are you a soup guy have we ever talked about this big soup guy man i mean Top 10 favorite food is probably a nice bowl of like tonkatsu ramen. That counts as a soup. I love ramen noodles. I like as a soup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, chicken noodles, a classic clam chowder is awesome. Yeah. Some I, chowders are hit or miss for me. Yeah. I love a broth more than I love a, a roux or whatever you want to call that. Um, I mean, chili, chili is its own thing. I guess that's kind of like a chowder, but I can, I can get down with some chili. I love a good vegetable soup. One of my favorites, yeah. though, is, is Italian wedding. That Italian wedding soup? Yeah, yeah, that's good. What What is tortilla soup? Where does that fall down on the classifications? It's it's like almost like queso, right? <laughs> it's like a bowl of queso. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is good. It is the, I, I don't know, for me personally, chili is the ultimate comfort food. Like, Southern Comfort's its own thing. There's a bunch of comfort foods. Pizza is a comfort food for me. Biscuits, whatever, cornbread. But like a hot bowl of chili on a cold day is like the only thing that will sometimes make me happy in life. Yeah. You like white chicken chili too? Uh, You know, I don't have it very frequently. Yeah. I can't even tell you the last time I had it. I'll tell you what. If you've never had chili with venison meat instead of beef, it will change your life. I'm sure it's so good. We used to eat sometimes that I Boy cook. I, I, we I killed traditional the deer ourselves and ripped its fat. No, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I know that typically we do the ground beef chili, and that's what I think is personally tastes the best. But I, I've been doing ground turkey recently in my chilies. Ground turkey's been making a, a resurgence in the 21st it's century. Back. Or it's a surgeons, back. I guess. I don't know if it was ever there before. Mm-hmm. Um. So this is a chili cast or pot soup pot uh, soup cast soup cast. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning into this this low key episode. It's low key hangs with Zach and John on a Friday night. That's right. Last day of September. We're we're officially in fall. Uh, we did a podcast last Sunday. Thank you all for listening to that. Uh, we talked about the D23 announcements, we kind of recap what we've been going up with with Rings of Power and and other TV shows and movies we've been checking up on. This week it's a little bit less it's a little lower key. We're going to do a little bit we're going to do a little bit more fun. We have some big news stories to cover. Two big things that happened literally two days in a row right after we recorded last week's episode that are like 
pretty honestly fucking huge pieces of content. Yeah, so. definitely. That's our classic luck. That's the Radiovania luck right there for you. So we're going to cover those here. Um, but if you've never listened to the show before, at Radiovania on Twitter, follow us there. You can go to Radiovania.com. It's got all of our old pods. You can catch up that way. Email us, Show at gmail.com. And on Insta, we are Radiovania Show. Uh, and also check out Radio Vision. It's our spinoff podcast where John hosts a Batman the Animated Series rewatch that we've been doing. And uh, we're still doing FastCast. That, you could probably expect the next FastCast in the next few weeks or so. Yeah. Probably sometime in, sometime in October. Yeah, I'm thinking next weekend That's we watch point. the rest of the ones that I haven't seen and record all of them. Oh my god, just put them all in the tank. Yes, just get Damn. them in the get them in the chamber. That way we can That's... shoot them out when we need to. <laughs> That's a lot it's, of fat. I mean, it's three movies. It's eight yeah, Hobbs and nine, right? Eight Hobbs and nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's nothing. We can crank that out easily before we go to the bars. <laughs> it's going to have to replace the Ben Affleck Film Festival, though. No, we're still doing that. That's just, no, that, I'm going to save that. Yeah, we're doing that at Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, the Parker family Thanksgiving. It's time yeah. to watch the town. <laughs> the Parker family gets behind Pearl Harbor. So, okay. Get ready for that. <laughs> I'm so ready. But yeah, so today, today's episode, episode 104, we've got. Some uh, big, big stuff to handle, including Hugh Jackman coming back as Wolverine, HBO's first trailer, official trailer for The Last of Us, some interesting information about the new Blade movie and Armor Wars, and uh, me and John are going to do a Disney movie draft at the end of the pod, so stay tuned for that. It's uh, going to be a good-ass time. Um, So yeah, that's all the plugs, that's all the intros uh, right off the bat. Uh, R.I.P. Coolio. Did you see this? Yeah, I did see this. It was sad. Yeah. Um, hugely influential dude. I mean, what more can you say? Have you Definitely. ever seen the director's cut of the 2003 Daredevil? No. He's well, I, maybe I did, but it was He's the in only, it. I don't really. Yeah, Nelson and Murdoch, attorney at law, is defending him in, in a case against the state of New York. Of wow. which he was wrongfully accused for something that they wind up finding out the Kingpin actually did. The director's cut of that movie is actually like a better movie, hands down. Really? But it's like two and a half hours of Ben Affleck derp face. Add it to the Ben Affleck Film Festival. <laughs> I'll have to see if we can find it. It's probably really hard to find. I used to have a DVD. Oh, I'm sure. I don't remember it. Just eBay Daredevil director's cut. I guarantee you no one's no one's selling I'll that look. for more than a yeah, buck. A thought. buck fifty. <laughs> All right, I'll hold that thought. I just want to see if you can even rent it on Prime. There's got to be a way. <clears throat> we'll get to the bottom of it. He's doing the research. But yeah, that's it. Say that off the top. Sad news. Totally influential dude. Gangsta's Paradise. What a jam. Uh, you can rent it on Prime Video. There you go. There you go. How much is it? You can get everything. It's standard, like three ninety nine. You can get yeah. the Blu-ray for twelve ninety nine. <laughs> I can you see it the, in your eyes right now. You're thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. You can get the <laughs> DVD. This is what I had. You could buy the same DVD that I had for twelve bucks. I remember that cover. Yep. Wow. I That's remember it. that cover. Seeing that in like Blockbuster or something. Must I must have. Best use of Evanescence in a movie. 2003 Easy. Daredevil, yeah. Easy. I mean, it popularized that song. The movie <laughs> sucks, but like that, at least it made that song what it's it is. It's got its moments. Yeah, I remember Colin Farrell as Bullseye or whatever. I like I like Favreau as um, Foggy. He's good. John Favreau is Foggy Nelson in that movie. 
Yeah, you don't remember that? No. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, he's coming on. I guess like it's time for a re- rewatch. <laughs> I'll add it to the film festival. Okay. I'd love to see how you would actually structure a Ben Affleck film festival. Like, what I'm would thinking be... about? Like, I'm thinking about making flyers. <laughs> <laughs> I really do think that that would be a genius shirt if we ever did merch, like shirt merch. Yeah. Like, like the cane, the Cannes Film Festival logo, like with that little fucking leaf, except for it's like it's like a gold crest, but it's like Affleck's face or something. Well, yeah, I think what I do is I try to either rent out a really cheap theater or have it at my house. And I set a schedule over the course of the weekend, like Cannes or the TIFF Film Festival. Yeah. And I just like invite the media, quote unquote, which is like <laughs> you and anyone else that I can think of. <laughs> and like you pop in for the ones you want to see, you know? Yeah. And then I try to see if I can get enough traction and get Affleck on the pod to do a Q&A. <laughs> it's like... You live in Newburgh Heights. It's like the Newburgh Heights local high school paper writes, writes an article. It's like local man doing Ben Affleck Film Festival at home. Well, can't you <laughs> imagine like the paparazzi snaps a picture? It's like you, me, Affleck, and J-Lo sitting on my porch <laughs> smoking cigarettes. <laughs> Just a bunch of Duncan. Like we ordered That's, Duncan to go. I would, cater, I would cater with Duncan for sure. Cater <laughs> it's just like munchkins and iced coffee and that's it. Oh man, uh, this is a great idea. I think we need to keep workshopping it. I love, I love it. It's great. I've earned it. You, <laughs> you've lost to me. You're zero and five to me in fantasy. I think. I think you haven't beaten me in five straight games. One and five. It like one and five. You beat me in one. But I think I, I am on a five game losing streak against you. Yeah, over the last three or four years. So. Yeah, you do deserve it. <laughs> Well, uh, so yeah, we'll move on through that and we'll get to the what you've been up to. What you've been up to, John? say since Sunday, but that's okay. Since Sunday. Oh, yeah, what we've been up to, dot, 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 since Sunday. So we've, wah, we've wah. four um, days. <laughs> I've watched Rings of Power, episode five, and the first ten minutes of episode six. Okay, and is six the one that is Ud- Udar or whatever, Udar, Udan or something? What do you, it, like, the episode's the title, name of the episode? word. It's, it's some word. Hold on. Hold, please. Okay. I'll hold. Episodes, okay, I don't know what the episode... I honestly have... I didn't even know they had titles. They do, yeah. Interesting. Huh. Well, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen episode five, right? I've seen episode five. Five is the one with the song, right? No, that's that's not a spoiler. Fuck that yeah. song was awesome. Um, I cried like a little. Baby. Yeah, it was beautiful. It's a beautifully, it's a beautifully done moment. It, it very much reminded me of uh, Misty Mountains. Got some Misty Mountains vibes. Yeah, um, definitely. But uh, I'm telling you, man, the Harfoots. That's the key to the show. Every episode that they're not in, and I'm like, this doesn't feel like Tolkien to me. It, yeah, it, which is funny because like I've been listening to a lot of podcasts where people are reviewing the show, and people don't like the Harfoots. Like people. Those like, people can suck my fucking hairy toes, man. The Harfoots <laughs> are where it's at. <laughs> my favorite like, things in the show are easily the Harfoots and Durin. And it's like whenever they're not yeah. around, I get so sad. Like, I think that the, what the show, we talked about this last week, but like 
the show is i think it's good i think it's unequivocally good it's just it doesn't necessarily feel as tolkieny as lord of the rings and i think it's because it's missing like some really strong likable protagonists yeah. i like i like everybody but i just like them i don't love them i think durin's right. probably the closest to love durin um, and elrond is is the like the yeah. only times in the show that it really feels like those are like main characters that you can invest in their bond over multiple seasons sure. you know and hours of content but they're not always on screen together no you know they're not always in every episode um the more we get no offense to her but the more we get into the season the less interested in galadriel's story i am totally like, totally it's just totally like, i'm like oh good we're going to war again with the orcs yeah okay but yeah. it's like when they're doing like the um like you said the montage with the song and like, can we do spoilers for episode five? Just like spoilers for the yeah, next five minutes or so. Spoilers for the next five minutes for episode five. I'll try and keep it time. Yeah. When Elrond like tells him he's like, I haven't been entirely truthful, and he makes him say that like the ha- the lives of the elves are in his hands like three or four times, and he's got that like shit eating smirk. I was like, this is this is really funny and good. Yeah, and it reminds me of like that Tolkien writing and and the camaraderie between the different races and stuff, which is really cool. But then it's like, then I have to spend time watching people in Numenor, like argue about the ethics of going to war. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but like, I'm not, I'm not invested in the kingdom of Numenor because I've seen two really good kingdoms of men before. And they were far more interesting. Yeah. I, so far, I, I, I like where it's headed, especially at the end of this last episode. Like, I like the initiation of I, – I think the one thing that really pissed me off about this last episode is at the very end of episode four, it's like the whole, like, who will stand and fight for the city of Numenor, and then the next episode they don't do anything. They just sit around, and I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, then they get to the – like, they're just, like, planning everything. But, like, I, I actually think the Harfoot stuff is actually – it reminds me of Hobbiton, being in Hobbiton, like these funny little characters that have like they're in over their heads. Like that to me is the spirit of Lord of the Rings. That's why it works. Like yeah. I think Lord of the Rings and, would be fucking the boring Hobbit if too. it just focused yeah. on the men. Yeah. Yep. Even the smallest creatures can change the course of human history, right? So it's like exactly seeing how that ties into the grander scheme of things, I hope. And if not, then it's clearly gonna be the one part of the show that I love more than everything else, even if it's a bottle. You know? Yeah. Um, well, the I mean, the Harfoots event. We talked about this before on the pod, but like the Harfoots hobbits, eventually yeah. become hobbits. Like they settle in different parts of Middle Earth, and then they. But I don't you know, want them to. I don't want that to be their series arc. You know what I mean? Because it's like settling. Cool thing, <laughs> huh? Settling is their series arc. Yeah, like the cool thing about Lord of the Rings is when everything weaves together. You know, like paths cross. Frodo and Sam spend time with Faramir and then we they don't see each other again and then Faramir starts hanging out with Pippin who we already know knows Frodo and Sam and they could talk about like it's that cool like this is a terrible analogy but that cross contamination of 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 storylines sure. um that I really enjoy in the Tolkien universe so yeah and right I now mean it's very segmented I totally agree with you and I do I like the segmentation at the beginning but I kind of wish we would have gotten to a more a more cohesive singular storyline at this point and thinking about it like looking at imdb you started you're, you're like you said what you're 10 minutes into episode six after this week's episode there's two more there's no way 
Like it's two more episodes. It's like we also haven't seen a ring of power yet. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing is that they're cock teasing you the whole fucking show. It's like I like that concept. I like that uh, Celebrimbor is like making the rings, and that's super interesting. Is to he? Me, he seems consumed with getting the milf roll right now and trying the milf to. Milf roll. Meat roll. That's what I said. Milf roll. The milf. The milf roll. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the mithril, like. <laughs> he seems in league with um, Gilgalad with trying to soak the light out of the milfril as opposed to actually working on this furnace that he set up in the first episode, which we know is where him and Sauron make the rings later. Well, that's where they're building that. Like they look out a window Over and multiple you can see seasons, the con- apparently, I guess. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm worried about is that I don't think that this show is going to get like they're either going to have to reconstruct this whole thing because I don't think it's making enough money for Amazon to keep putting this much money into the show. So if it gets a second season, I think they're going to have to restructure how long they thought that this was going to go on for. I think that they were hoping for a six, seven, eight episode Game of Thrones style run, but I just don't think the viewership is for four. Four. I thought that was the initial treatment. I don't know. I, I don't remember hearing that, but whatever it is, I think it's going to change. And I think that they're going to start coming to a conclusion at a much more rapid pace because this is unsustainable. And with three episodes left, like three episodes left in the series, two episodes after this week. Well, that's crazy. We, I haven't finished six, so I'm not spoiling anything because I'm literally just guessing. Apparently, it's awesome. The reviews have been really positive. It started out really awesome. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. But <laughs> like, we, you have to think that at some point, at least the rondier and um the village people's plot is going to weave in with galadriel because that's literally where they're going so at least by the end of the season hopefully that like becomes one plot on the shore instead. or whatever yeah that becomes one plot instead of two so I can get down then, with that. so we have that plot going on which is a war and then we have a plot to save the lives and immortality of the elves and that's with doran and elrond which like there's no action in that plot but it's easily the best you know what I mean? Besides the the Harfoots, who are just walking around. <laughs> it's classic Lord of the Rings, man. They're just walking from one destination to the other, but it's I fucking love it. I get my jollies on it, man. Dude, Randall hit the nail on the head with that one. And I honestly do. I really do love the whole mystery of the meteor guy, like the meteor man, um, as He's the internet has affectionately referred to him as. Meteor uh, man? Yeah, yeah, the Meteor Man. That's um, awesome. I mean, the 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 rights that they have says that most people are theorizing that because they don't have the rights to the second, or they don't have the rights to the third age, right? They only have rights to the second age. Amazon. Yeah, that was really? part of the sale of the show is that they only have rights to a specific age. So it so can't be Gandalf. It can't be Gandalf. Some people are saying it could be a blue wizard, which came how before long? the Wait. How long was? Because the third age began when Sauron loses to Isildur, right? And he takes the ring. So when was Gandalf born? There's no way Gandalf's younger than Elrond, is he? That yeah, Rings of Power ancient. is set in the... Rings of Power is the second age, or the age of Numenor, lasting 3,441 years. And the third age... But when was, yeah, just when was Gandalf born? That's what I want to know. Who is his dad? What school did he go to? What did he study? <laughs> I just, I've never searched when was Gandalf born. <laughs> How old is he? Does he have a driver's Gandalf license? Gandalf was one of the five Astari sent to Middle Earth by the Valar in the Third Age. So 
close to the beginning of the third age. Okay, but he's in Astari. What does that mean? Wizard? Fuck if I know, my guy. What does that <laughs> Tolkien mean? Lore. Tolkien lore is so ridiculous. It's so dense. What if... Okay, so then... Yeah, he's either just a new wizard, which would be cool. Or he's, um, you know... Fucking Sauron. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Good shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he was he was sent to, he was sent to Middle Earth after the forging of the rings, after the One Ring. Wow. Um. So those elves are old as shit, dude. Yeah, they're old as fuck. I they mean, like Ga- they like Gandalf talk to them like like he's their elder, and he was, he was apparently not. <laughs> no, he's like a child. <laughs> he's just up in there, just you know, mansplaining shit to Elrond all the time. Yeah. Hot take: Elrond's a little bit of a pushover. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, Rings of Power, I'm really enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it. I thought last episode was very, very good. I don't think it was as strong as 4, but... Um, no, no, no. 4 is great. But still enjoying it very much. Um, yeah, for me, football. Still in football. I know we talked about it. Last night, Bengals, Dolphins, prime time, Amazon Prime. Go Bengals. Um, they did go it. Go Bengals. We won. Uh, shout out to Tua. Went down with a nasty fucking injury. Yikes. It was, like, really hard to fucking watch. Yeah. Um, he was transported to, like, the Cincinnati, the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. with the, it, was, it was deemed not children's, just the UC medical campus. Oh, gotcha. Um, but it was determined, like, it was just a really severe concussion. Uh, but he was able to be cleared by the hospital to travel back to Miami with the team. And now he's just at home, like, resting. But I don't know. Oh. I saw some I saw some uh, beat reporter for the NFL like ha- put out an article today that was like realistically if everything goes as positive as possible too it could be cleared to play in ten days and he was yeah. getting roasted <laughs> in the comments like like dude let the motherfucker like chill like yeah seriously it's a tough that's a tough injury yeah and I mean and it brings to light like I, I don't know if, I don't know what your feelings are on it because I, I don't feel like we've ever had a real in-depth conversation. But last week he got he got taken into concussion protocol, and it lasted eight minutes, eight real-time minutes, not game minutes, before he was released to play back in the game. And they declared it uh, like a back injury or something like that. And they said that it wasn't like a concussion, and they put him back out there and he played. And then this week he actually does get a concussion. Um, so someone's looking into this. The NFLPA, like, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say like they're they're totally evil or immoral or wrong about this, but like it's definitely sketchy. Yeah, it's a little a little tough. Well, yeah. my uh, my brownies play the Falcons this weekend, so hopefully they could put that away. Go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs> Go Browns <laughs> until Deshaun gets there. Then then fuck the Browns. Yeah. Um. I totally forgot I was going to... Yeah, Russell Wilson Subway commercial. We're going to watch this as a family. Oh, cool. Hey, Razor leading the Astros. Let's go. Hey, there you go. Yes! Okay, okay. Sack ground out. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Runner in scoring position... Do you have the thing pulled up yet? I'm working on it. I'll just edit this part out. 
you don't want me to just talk about baseball? No, you can talk about baseball. I'm enjoying this. I thought you said the Rays were eliminated from the playoffs, or was that just that they hurt their no, chances? No, no, they had a chance to clinch last night, and the Indians oh, stopped them. They still have a chance. They have six more games. You called them game. the Indians, by the way. <laughs> Whatever. Fuck them. That article <laughs> pissed me off, where he's just like, yeah, we already clinched, but we can't let people clinch in our home. <laughs> it's like, all right, Jesus. fuck you. <laughs> I can I can imagine you reading that and just like rage quitting. I threw my fucking headphone on my desk. I was like, no. <laughs> All right. Can you see this? <laughs> yeah, I can see it. So I'm not. I hope that we're gonna have audio. We'll see. Can you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you go? Hmm? Yeah, I can hear it now. You can hear it? Okay. Yeah. So Russell Wilson did a commercial for Subway. It was I I don't think the full commercial's been released yet, but he released this or they released this on their socials and and it Russell Wilson has a signature sandwich at Subway. And this is the promo that they did for it. And it is it is one of the it is 45 seconds of some of the most cringe shit you've ever seen of like him talking to the camera and giving this promo. So we're going to watch this as a family. Can't wait. Here we go. Hey. I can't hear it. Damn it. So it's not playing audio through Skype. Why would that be the case? <laughs> Honestly, I don't need to hear it. I can already tell. <laughs> Should I just Damn. look it up on my end? Played at the same time. What are you seeing on your end? <laughs> I just Anything? See staring at me. Okay. Hey, wanna Do you hear that at all? Yeah, I can hear that now. Yeah. Is it like clear, or does it yeah. sound like it's coming through hey, my microphone? Wanna subway sub? <laughs> okay. All right. We're gonna try this again. Here we go. I don't want to watch this anymore. So that's that video. <laughs> it made the rounds on Twitter, and people were uh, tearing it to bits and memeing it to death because it, it like people have compared it to like. Um, can you still see my screen? Yeah. People have compared it to like it sounds like he's talking to someone that he has held hostage in his basement. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then this guy on Twitter made the absolute best mashup of all time with this video, and we're about to watch it. 
Zoo, they spliced him into the the scene in the Dark Knight where the Joker shows up to the Wayne party. So there you go. That gave me a good fucking laugh from my belly when I saw it the first time. So I wanted to share that with you. Russell Wilson's a crazy man. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff, Russ. Yep. So there you go. Let Russ cook. Except at Subway where he has the danger witch. I will not be buying it. I'm going to get it tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Be careful, though. It's spicy. (laughs) All right. You've been uh you've been watching Andor. You caught up on episode four. I did. Finally watched it. It's awesome. What'd you think? Um, I really like where the show's going. I love the political intrigue of this episode. Um, without getting into too much spoilers, not that there's really like many big momentous things to spoil. I just love the pacing and I love the character development that they're taking their time with. I think yeah. Stellan Skarsgård's amazing. His scene yes. with Genevieve O'Reilly at the art gallery is phenomenal. That's some of the best writing I've seen in Star Wars in a long time. Um, shout out to my guy, uh, Richie from The Bear is in this show, which is crazy. So I saw him oh. like, no fucking shit behind Chef. So that was cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, no I'm fucking excited. shit. I mean, who doesn't love a good heist coming up, you know? Give me sick. What do you think? Yeah. So I like the first three episodes a lot. I was telling you how like I was super positive about it. It's been such a fresher, fresher breath air is what I'm gonna say here, um, because I've been in a bit of a slump with Star Wars recently. I didn't like Boba. Didn't really love Obi. Didn't love. What else has there been? That's it, that's right? That's it. yeah. That's, that's about it. the slump. Yeah. Um. But I really like the first three episodes. Episode four, I, before I watched it, I saw some people on Twitter being like, you know, episodes one, two, and three were like their own little movie, and then episode four is the start of a new story arc. And I was like, ah, I don't know if I want that. Like, I kind of want this consistent story to go through. But then when I started the episode, I was like, I actually like this more, and I'm more into where this is going now that we've had some time to develop what's happening in the world. Yeah. Um, that being said, I still think that the episode – they have a problem with where the these episode ends. I think episode three has a really great ending because it's the end of that like trilogy, basically. It's going to be a great way to binge. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. this episode ends on kind of like such a wet fart that I'm like, oh, I, like, I just I, I like the moment, but it is it is like, oh, it's like the end of Dune. It's like, over. Oh, I guess we're done. Yeah, <laughs> I guess we're done here. Yeah. So yeah. I really do think that this show would have benefited from less episodes with longer run times, but or releasing this, them in three episode blocks. Yeah. That would also be fucking great. Um, compete with Amazon and HBO. They got to have something yeah. every week. So, say lovey. Um, I also really love diving into the Imperial Security Bureau. I think that that is mm-hmm. fascinating shit. It's really and cool. They got they got that guy from Game of Thrones to be like the major of the ISB, and that dude is terrifying. He's literally that guy, a goblin. 
if you dated his daughter, I I think yeah. that your life would be over. <laughs> like that guy is menacing. He's a really good actor. Um, yeah, yeah, I like that scene a lot where she's like squabbling with like a fellow officer about the plans that she's trying to get like certain reports from him. I'm like, this is so fucking boring. I love it. <laughs> it's like Star Wars: The West Wing. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah, or like The Wire even. Yeah, sure, The Wire um, is a is a good comparison. Um, but I love it though because it's like we as Star Wars fans know that yes, they're talking about clinic, like they're talking about clerical work. But it's literally if they would have just worked together on this clerical work, they could have snuffed out rebellion before it started. So that's yeah. like just it's so ironic and juicy. And I think that's the stuff that Tony Gilroy's interested in, right? Is like big Star Wars ideas with like the smallest characters possible that we don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So um but you said it in your summary, but huge fucking shout out to Stellan Skarsgard. Um for just being a great presence on screen. I mean, like that guy is just entertaining in everything that he does. Um, and I'll say, I'll say it right here. This might be a hot take, and I'm also caught, coming off the coming off the heat of like just having watched the episode like a day True. ago. The moment in the ship where he is disguising himself and changing into his like an alternate personality might be some of the best acting in Star Wars since the original trilogy. Because I think. I think- Part of it is better than some of the acting in the original show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's that, so it's subtle. That moment, and um, I'll let you finish your take, and then I have one too. Yeah. It is ju- it's just so subtle. Like, the music is, like, nice and quiet, and he's slowly putting on this disguise and looking at himself in the mirror. And you see that moment where he, like, has to turn it on, and he's, like, standing there, and he's, like, he does it like this or whatever. Yeah, he does it But the camera... Yeah. The camera's like all low and looking up at him and it's like dark and you can tell that this isn't like who he is, but that's a part of him. It's I was like, this is fucking brilliant. Like, I I don't. Yeah, I I am shocked that we're getting something this high quality. Um, Yeah, for sure. Right now for about this show, I guess I'm just maybe it's an expectations case because my expectations are so fucking low for this show. No, but um, my expectations for every Star Wars thing is reasonably high. And I, I also would agree that this is outstanding. Thus far, my one of my favorite moments with him is when he's talking to that leader of the rebellion group, and she's like not really paying attention. He's like, "Look at me!" And he's like, like he's like yeah. freaking out. He's like, "This is a like serious thing. Like, I need you to pay attention. Make sure you're listening to me because you're probably not going to see me again for a very long fucking time." It's great. He's um, intense, dude. It's really, really good. I'm really enjoying the show. I hope they can keep up the pace. How many episodes is this first season? It's like 18 or 16? 12. Okay. So what, four, three episode arcs, most likely, that continue to build on each other would be my guess. Something like that. What do you think is going to happen to our our guy that got fired from the regional security team that went home with his mom? Think he's gonna? You think he's gonna join up with the Empire? Yes. I think what's gonna happen is that woman in the ISB is gonna get the files eventually, and she's gonna find out that he was the commanding officer of that skirmish gone awry, and then she's gonna yeah. go find him on Coruscant, and then he's gonna be like, "I saw these rebels, like it's out there," and it's just gonna start to ramp up in tension and stuff. So yeah. 
Um, but yeah, with the way that they're episode, they're doing one episode per week. So we're gonna be watching the show on a week to week basis until November twenty third. Isn't that crazy? That's Thanksgiving. Wow, <laughs> that's the <laughs> night before Thanksgiving. Amazing. <laughs> so that's what you do on Thanksgiving. You carve the old bird and you you watch Andor. No, dude, all, all Parker tradition. holidays. If there's a Star Wars show, we watch that shit as a family. It's gonna be great. Can't wait. <laughs> so yeah, no, yeah. really digging the show for sure. Looking forward to it. Uh, I watched She-Hulk five and six. Uh, five was rough. Six was less rough. Um, cool. This show, man. This show is a fucking EKG. I just don't Deeps know. Valleys, huh? I, I'm up one second. I'm like, this is great. This is genius writing. And then I'm like, God, oh, my God. The most recent episode, she gets invited to like a friend of hers wedding. And it's like a friend that she doesn't like. She isn't like super close with. So she, she's like, oh, I feel bad for turning down this wedding invitation. And so she goes to this wedding, and it's basically like her friends just want her there as like the Aaron girl. Um, and so I'm like, bridesmaid. She's a bridesmaid, yeah. But like, I'm gonna spoil a joke for you because I know you don't really care. Um, <laughs> but they bring her in, and like you can tell that there's the vibe is off. They don't really want her to be there. They just kind of want need to have her there as a bridesmaid. And um, they're like, she's like, oh, I, there's like five guys here and there's six of us girls like where's my guy like you didn't skip a guy out for me right and they're like no you're gonna get jonathan like he's great everybody loves jonathan and i'm laughing i'm like all right who the fuck is gonna be jonathan and um finally they bring out jonathan and it's this little fucking rat dog <laughs> that with Aww. the tux and they're like you're gonna walk this dog down the aisle and his name is Jonathan, and that, that got a laugh out of me, but not this because of the writing. A bad name, yeah, yeah. So Shit. I don't know. It's whatever. I, I think that. Um, <laughs> I'm proud of you for sticking with it, though. Sure. I mean, I got a report. I, what else do I got fucking going on in my life? Um, <laughs> so, uh, still, four is the best. Four is the best episode that the show has been. I honestly think you could just watch that episode and be done with it. Um, I'll probably we'll watch see it when we get done talking. Yeah. The next, you should watch episode four. Four is, four is legitimately a really unique idea and funny. And if the rest of the show was like that, it would be a top tier MCU project. But it's just not. It is so all over the place in terms of tone. Um, but apparently, Blomsky uh, has a bigger presence in this next episode. And we're only, I think, there's only two episodes left in the series. So, I mean. Fuck, it's got to be going somewhere. <laughs> and Daredevil Daredevil still hasn't shown up, by the way. Yeah, so They're going to fudge him in at the last second, huh? Yeah, so I, I don't know. We'll see. TBD. Yeah. Uh, but you've been watching Rick and Morty. You caught up on the other two. Oh, three and four are the ones that we watched together, We watched right? these together, yeah. Okay, yeah. So Give me your Rick and, Morty, Rick and Morty guy. They were so weird. I just remember Zach and I were just really, really drunk eating Taco Bell on my floor because I don't have a couch yet in my house. And we were just <laughs> cackling. It's how fucking strange the last two episodes of Rick and Morty were. They were quite quite odd, to say the least. Like, just yeah. the comedy. They're definitely reaching. They're, they're going for stuff. So, But there are things in the most, in episode three particularly, that I think are some of the funniest Rick and Morty content ever, which is just... Having Morty and, and Rick, or having Morty and Summer react to things that they can overhear in the next room is such a such a good meme. It's hilarious. Sorry, I'm filling up my wine, and I didn't want it to sound like I was breaking open a fucking box like the Hulk. Oh, 
You could have. That would have been on theme. Yeah, that would have been or on theme. Or maybe you could have cut it open with your claws. Schnicket. Schnickety, schnickety. Schnick, schnick. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm. You're the bigger Rick and Morty guy between the two of us. Um, I don't really, I don't really religiously keep up on it. I, I watched the first three seasons when they were coming out, and I loved them. And then I kind of fell off around four. Um, but the two episodes that we watched, I thought were funny. But still, I haven't found anything in this new season to be particularly stand out. I would agree. It's entertaining, but nothing that has blown me away like the Citadel, the Sentinel of Ricks or whatever, the Citadel. Yeah, yeah, Like uh, multi-dimensional TV or cable or whatever that stuff is, the uh, the Vindicators. Like nothing nothing like that, even <laughs> remotely close, has, has been Crocky in this season bot. yet. So. Yeah. I'm waiting for it. Yeah, season three was the, the peak of the show so far, so. Easy, yeah. Yeah. But, we'll see, yeah. So that's it. That's really all that we've been up to since I mean, Sunday. regardless whether we like it or not, we got 50 more episodes after this season that they're going to make. So That's right. Justin Roiland says the show will go on forever and ever. Yeah, they need to bring they need to bring in some some new ideas. To be fair though, no episode feels the same. No. So they should de- they should definitely get an award for that. Um Yeah. I mean, the writing is is undeniably strong always. The writing is always strong. It's just the fact that, like, I think that the story, the stories in the episode and the comedy is not hitting. It's not batting a thousand like it did in the early days. Um, But we'll see. We will see. All right. That's everything we've been up to. This week we're sponsored by Ryan Reynolds, Aviation Gin. Drink Aviation Gin. Use promo code SWANSONG to get 10% off your Instacart or Drizzly order. Uh, Have you ever ever had Aviation? No, I've never had it. I've heard it's good gin. Me neither. Sounds like we're buying a bottle next week. (laughs) I guess, yeah, we should. Um, But yeah, so first story of the day, uh, we're going to take you over to the news flashpoint. Ba-da-ba-da-bow. (laughs) <laughs> that's that that's that phlegm news flashpoint right there oh yeah <laughs> Brazier, uh, all two, right by the way um hugh jackman is back as wolverine in deadpool 3 with ryan reynolds coming in 2024 uh the article that i'm citing now comes from variety uh this was written on september 27th was when it broke so literally uh two days after i got back from cleveland uh the dust had barely settled here we go. Quote, and this is, comes from, so Brian Reynolds put up a Twitter post. You can go check it out. I'm, the whole fucking internet has seen this video. Um, yeah. But I'm going to paraphrase what he says here because they wrote it down in, in quote form. Ryan Reynolds is sitting in his house giving a promo speech to the camera. Bright lights and uh, quiet, somber music plays over him walking through his estate with aviation gin and hanging out in his beautiful home. And Ryan Reynolds addresses the camera and says, quote, hey, everyone. We're extremely sad to have missed D23, but we've been working very hard on the next Deadpool film for a good long while now. I've had to really search my soul on this one. His first appearance in the MCU obviously needs to feel special. We need to stay true to the character, find new depth, motivation, meaning. Every Deadpool needs to stand out and stand apart. It's been an incredible challenge that has forced me to reach deep down inside, and I have nothing. Yeah, just completely empty up here and terrifying. Uh, But we did have one idea. 
And uh, you can see Hugh Jackman walk in the background of the video, and he says, hey, Hugh, you want to play Wolverine one more time? And he says, yeah, sure, Ryan. <laughs> and then uh, we get uh, Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, subtitles as I Will Always Love Hugh, and uh, <laughs> the coming Hune <laughs> teaser. And uh, the Deadpool logo appears and is quickly sliced in half with the Wolverine claws. Yep. Deadpool 3. Ryan Reynolds, Hugh Jackman, first entry for MCU, uh, first entry in Deadpool's coming to the MCU. Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine. His first entry in the MCU as well, technically. His first entry in the MCU, that's correct. Um, Sean Levy, the guy that made Free Guy and The Atom Project with Ryan Reynolds, is directing Deadpool 3. Um, Rhett Reese and Paul Wernick, the guys who wrote the first two Deadpool films, are returning to write the third. Um, They've confirmed that it will remain R-rated, even within the family-friendly MCU. Uh, Last time X-Men fans saw Jackson's Wolverine was in 2016 in Logan. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to pull up an article now. uh, But you had a visceral reaction when I sent you this. So Uh before I read the article, and I think you know what article I'm going to try and find and bring up— um, I want your gut check reaction. You had a few days to process everything. How are you feeling? How did you feel then? How do you feel now? Hit it. Um, confused then, angry now. Confused then, angry now. Yeah, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to make it charming, all that jazz, whatever. It's the MCU, they'll figure it out. But I think that Logan... I'm on the record. It's in my top three favorite comic book movies of all time. Go check out that podcast. Radiovania ranks every comic book movie ever. That's right. It's such a good send off. I know it's not the same Wolverine that's going to be in this movie, but it doesn't matter. Like that is the best he's ever been as the character. And I don't want to see another, like you're going to tell me now that potentially his last role as Wolverine bar none is it going to be him cracking jokes with fucking Deadpool? Pass. It's just that's a, a that's a hard grab. stance. That's a hard stance to take. Grab. Yeah. And it's different. Don't don't tell me, "Oh, but they brought Tobey Maguire back and you loved it." That's different. That's the Spider-Verse. They handled that with emotion and grace and that scene where they're talking about great power comes with with great power comes great responsibility on the roof with the three different peters that's emotion Mm -hmm. there's no emotion in the deadpool movies well i like i don't know if that's necessarily true i think the vanessa stuff in the first one is actually pretty touching and i honestly do think that the second one touches on it a little bit i know you're shaking your head you're fucking comedy dude (laughs) i know i know so and it's not like um, Guardians of the Galaxy where it's a comedy that has a, a deeply rooted heart about family, unless they make these mov- this movie like that. Mm-hmm. But Wolverine and Deadpool have never met before. So not only do they have to bring Hugh Jackman into the MCU, but they also have to invest in their relationship as characters on screen together. It just seems like a... Ah, yeah, fuck it, let's just do it. Yeah. People love them. I mean, that's that is literally the tone they set in the video. Is like we want to make this this you know this new film like a really powerful and poignant film, and we want to work on it. We want it to be a really good entry into the MCU. We want Daredevil, uh, Deadpool to be like 
really great in the movie and all this stuff. And it's like they, they make the joke. It's like we don't have any ideas. <laughs> like we're either... literally coming up empty. So we're going to recap. We're going to bring back the one thing that everybody universally loved about those X-Men movies is fucking Hugh Jackman. The make an X-Men movie with Hugh Jackman like this doesn't it's going to be I'm worried about a tonal shift because listen. Wolverine, not a funny dude. <laughs> like, he has one-liners, sure, but they're very, very dry and usually very dark. It's usually after he's killed somebody or something. He's a good straight man, though. Like, you need, like you can have somebody so else the, play off of him. That's the elevator pitch, right? Is this lethal weapon with these two guys? So the rumor was years ago that Ryan Reynolds wanted Hugh Jackman to be in a, in a Deadpool movie, and it was going to be them on a road trip. And that was the that was the elevator pitch. It's like he's always, he's like I've funny. always sounds great. If it would have came out before Logan, that'd be awesome. Yeah. The last time I saw Wolverine played by Hugh Jackman, he's lying on a fucking stump in the woods, finally getting to rest after a weary life. And I cried like a little girl as X twenty three buried him and turned the the cross into an X. It's beautiful. It it's, it's that perfect. is one of the best endings ever. It's a, <laughs> and now they brought him back movie. from the fucking dead. It's like Palpatine all over again. Well, and so they addressed that in the second video, which I'm guessing you saw. Did you see the second video? No, I was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the second video, they come out and it's Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds sitting on the same couch in the same house, and they're like, "Hey, everyone, we want to give you a little bit more details and tell you about the plot of the movie." we're like how is logan still alive didn't he die in the movie and it's like well that logan that movie takes place in its own time in 2029 this yeah. movie is in its own time and place that Lo logan is still dead or whatever like that um and then they start talking about the plot of the movie and the music just gets louder and then you can't hear what they're saying as they're talking about the plot and then it ends and they're like it's gonna be great we promise you guys will like it and then it cuts to like the so they, then this is so then this is like a Black Widow situation where it takes place in movies previously in between. That's what I think. Yep. Or that's here better. before. So um. <laughs> so this so takes here's, place between Days of Future Past and Logan potentially, or even earlier than that. Or even earlier, yeah. Or it's a different Logan, and he's from a. Yeah. He's a variant, which I wouldn't. We're like. in the multiverse saga, baby. Anything can happen. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of how they handled Charles Xavier, so that's not good. Again, yeah. I was mad about that, too. Not as mad, but still mad because the last time I saw him was one of the most tragic death scenes of all time. <laughs> yeah. What a good um, movie. I'm going to watch Logan tonight. Fuck the haters. Fuck Deadpool 3. <laughs> Logan forever. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, so the last thing that I want to bring up is um, this is comp this is speculation. There's been no official report of this, but rumors and insiders from within Hollywood and like the Marvel camps have apparently leaked some information to people. And there's speculation going all around that part of the deal that they made with 20th Century Fox is that they still they bought the rights to make their own movies going forward. That Fox Studio is going to close their film pictures and transfer all that over to Marvel and the MCU. However, some people are reporting that that didn't mean that they lost the rights to the characters until 2025 or specific characters, which means that still uh, merchandising rights or other rights are still being held by 20th Century Fox or like whoever is holding those rights hostage 
until 2025. So this could be a way for them to get around, like, because they're, they're not introducing big-name mutants into the MCU. They're just giving people the mutant moniker left and right, like it's they're fucking tossing out candy to kids on Halloween. Um, but this might be a way, and this is what people have speculated, is it's going to be the last run, the last hurrah for the, the Fox X-Men franchise. And it's going to be like our send-off to the franchise, where Logan was a send-off to the character. This is going to be more of like a, a funnier, not as heartfelt, but funnier send-off to the 20th Century Fox X-Men movies, which we did dedicate many years of our lives to enjoying. And this yeah, is a but- way that you get... You could get Ian Mc- you can get Ian McKellen back for one last run through. Right. You get maybe James Marsden can come back for one last go at it. Like Kelsey fucking Grammer. Kelsey Grammer, fucking uh, Halle Berry. Like I honestly think that this movie, the idea could be like they need to travel. Like maybe a Cable could be involved too. Like maybe they need to travel through time and fix things. So, so you're telling me this is Spider-Man with No Way Home with the Fox universe? Sure. Original. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Listen, I'm sure they'll figure it out. They always do. Am I mad about it? A little. <laughs> but if they have to figure things out with contracts, I get it. But uh, yeah, don't fuck it up. You're literally you're literally taking something that was perfect and you're bringing it back to life. So. Yeah. I'm of two minds. Ryan Reynolds. I'm of two minds, and I totally get where you're coming from. Because Logan is Logan is one of the best. Uh, I don't know. It's one of my favorite movies of the last twenty years. Easy. Like I mean, it's great. It's 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 virtually flawless. I mean, there's little things I could nitpick, nitpick, but it's like, I think it's it it does have one of the best endings in movie history. I do legitimately think that the last five, ten minutes of that movie is is practically perfect, and it makes me mm-hmm. cry every time. Um, when I first saw this announcement, I like you exclaimed because i was i saw it in my car as i left work and i sat in my car and i got an alert and i was like twitter alert hugh jackman returning as as wolverine and in deadpool 3 and i was like this has got to be a fucking joke like it's got to be a joke and then i pulled up the video and i couldn't believe it because i was laughing but at the same time i was like no 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 (laughs) what are you doing don't do this but I'm actually the opposite. The more I was more angry when it first happened, but now the more that I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't think that it's a terrible idea if they go the route of like closing the book on 20th Century Fox and the X-Men films. Because <laughs> hold on, hold on. This is the one thing about Deadpool is that, and this is a criticism I've had of Deadpool 1 and 2, is that there's not enough fourth wall breaking. And... I like the idea of him breaking the fourth wall on an entire universe, an entire story of films. What if we get – what if they're, they're time jumping through like all these different movies trying to – what if then they need to Endgame, get, which they already did. <laughs> I know, but it would be funny. It would be like – and you, I can even hear Deadpool saying the line. He's like, this is like Endgame, but even better or something like that while they're, while they're time jumping through things and then they run That's into Oscar Isaac. Maybe, maybe I'm dead up. inside now, but – yeah, this is funny because we're on opposite ends of this. Like, I'm actually pretty positive about th- th- this. Uh, I-, I mean, I'm worried. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think that this is going to be designed as like a here's a send off for Hugh Jackman. I think it's just like, hey, isn't it funny that he's back doing it in this? And I think it's going to be very to be funny. <laughs> it's not about what I want. I get that. All right. It's all about that sweet, sweet green. 
So, it is all about that sweet, sweet green. What um, the fuck do I know? But to me, Logan is the send-off to the Fox universe. And I know they had a movie mm-hmm. come out after that, but it's still – actually, two. two come out after that. <laughs> still, that's that's where it ends for me because that's oh, yeah. really where it ends in the timeline. So, so it, it, here's, what I, here's what I'll say. Do I wish that they never did this? Yes. Now that it's happening, am I hopeful that it's going to be good? Yes. Like, you know what would be better for me to get me on board is if it was if it was X twenty three. It was Deadpool with a little murderous child. She's coming back, guaranteed. No, no, no. But just her. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like an Daphne after Keen. Logan. Daphne yeah. Keen. Like, well, that's a movie that I would legitimately actually want to see. Like, like if they, because I don't know how they're gonna do the whole like casting the same characters whatever but like an x-23 movie with daphne keen in the mcu like sign me the fuck up that sounds awesome like yeah but you'll probably get a disney plus show for it no 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 more show you'll be like eh, <laughs> yeah let's Kevin, fuck stop it. throw Kevin. it on disney plus i can't episodes. take any more television shows fuck off she's with fighting the, the fucking leader or uh <laughs> tim blake nelson is the leader yeah. i'm excited i'm excited to see that she's the villain That's in all the movies going forward God. He's the new Thanos. It could be an abomination. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, welcome to the fucking MCU, Hugh Jackman. I hope you enjoy your time here. <laughs> you sound like a disgruntled like ride attendant at Disney. <laughs> I'm just not. I... <laughs> like, well, it would be MCU, better. So it would be better if feet inside the car at all times. I got to be honest with you, Zach. I didn't even want him in Secret Wars. Like when they announced that, I was like. Bring Toby, bring Andrew, bring Ben Affleck as Daredevil, whatever. Bring Ian McKellen. I just don't want – I didn't want to see him again on screen as Wolverine because and so, it was so beautiful. And that's like – it's like the last bite of a cheeseburger, right? You're like, God damn, <laughs> that was so good. I don't want to eat another cheeseburger ever again because that was so good. And what do we do? We go get more fucking cheeseburgers. Yeah. You can have all the cheeseburgers you want, kid. Um I here's the thing, and I don't want to dive too far down a rabbit hole because we could talk for a while on this. But I, I think that the interesting thing to think about now is that now we know that this is happening and Secret Wars is right around the corner from this fucking movie. Yeah, he's in it after it, right? He's in it. He's got to be. I mean, this movie. No, no, no. So Secret Wars comes out in 2026, right? Yeah. So two years after this. So this will be 2024. So I think that this is pretty much a lock that he's in Secret Wars. Cool. So that's his last appearance, most likely. His last appearance will be Until they make standing. a Wolverine Disney Plus show that he's... Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. No. <laughs> Although, I would cut off my left testicle if HBO did, like, a gritty Wolverine miniseries or something like that. That'd be HBO. pretty tight. Yeah, if HBO did, a, like, a Wolverine miniseries. Yeah. Or, you know, we could just watch Logan, a good thing that we already have. <laughs> I hurt myself today listen man we live in a we live in blessed times we get a lot of comic book content i never thought i'd see stuff like this when i was a kid but i'm still allowed to be cautiously upset about things because you know this about me i love the things that i love to death and i will defend it until i fucking die (laughs) and i really don't like when they tamper with stuff sure and so i'm just a little concerned but we haven't actually seen any footage yet, so I can't be officially angry. But off the record, I'm not <laughs> not super stoked. And it's not his fault. 
I want it. I want that to be very fucking clear. I do not think this is Hugh Jackman's fault because he didn't no. want to come back. Oh, no. He that playing that role burned his body for years because he only ate boiled chicken and rice for like ten fucking years straight. He'd starve himself to get those veins popping and not drink he water. Would, yeah, he dehydrated himself to get yeah. the veins popping. Like that's fucking he, dangerous. <laughs> he literally like seeing the character die in Logan was also like seeing Hugh Jackman finally get a rest from playing the character so well for a fucking decade. And so it was like, it was like, good job, buddy. You fucking did it, you know? And now it's like, stop drinking water, Hugh. We got to get you back in a tank top. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Here's the, we'll end on this. Cause I know, again, like I said, we could go forever. I'll tell you one thing that'll get you excited. Cause this did get me excited. He's rocking that yellow fucking costume in this fucking movie. Sure. Yeah. He's gonna. He's gonna. Have yeah. yeah. Come on. Don't you want to see that? Don't you want to see him go schnick it in the yellow fucking thing with like the fucking face thing? That's yeah, gonna be awesome. The fins. Yeah, yeah the it's fins. Gonna be great. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, uh, Jurassic World director says the series should have probably ended after the original. <laughs> it's inherently unfranchisable. Tough. Um. Yeah, so this Jurassic World Dominion. Tomorrow. Yeah, J- Dominion recently crossed the the one billion dollar mark at the box office worldwide, which it's still in theaters. Still in theaters, yeah. Uh, making it the third consecutive film in the franchise to hit that milestone. Um, People director love Colin Trevor. Go ahead. People love dinosaurs. People love them dinos. Dino DNA. Colin Trevorrow recently suggested to Empire Magazine that none of the sequels should have been made. In Trevorrow's own words, the Jurassic franchise probably should have started and ended with Steven Spielberg's 1993 original. Quote, I specifically did something different than the other films in order to change the DNA of the franchise. Jurassic World Dominion. The previous five films are plots about dinosaurs. This one is a story about characters in a world which they coexist with dinosaurs. Trevorrow then called the Jurassic franchise quote inherently unfranchisable end quote and said quote there probably should have been one Jurassic Park but if we're going to do it how can I allow them to tell stories in a world which in which dinosaurs exist as opposed to here's another reason why we're going to an island end quote I do kind of agree with that last sentence if they kept going to an island over and over again I would have lost my mind but this is the ultimate director is a little bit bitter with their work quote. And I think this is also director is still bitter. He got fired from Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> sure. Yeah, he got fired at Rise of Skywalker, but he went on to make a billion dollar movie again. Again, he did it twice now. Release the Trevorrow script. I want to read it. Duel of the Fates. Baby. Okay, so um, you saw the movie in theaters, right? You, but you just saw it the once. Okay, so apparently there's an extended version that's been released online that you can watch that's like the director's cut. And apparently people are saying it makes it a much better, more cohesive movie with more dinosaur stuff in it. Here's the which thing. is my fucking problem with the movie is that there's no dinosaurs in it. <laughs> Here's the thing. I would watch the movie again, especially if it was a director's cut and it was a little different. I, I thought it was utterly watchable. That's about it, though. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. I think the original character's return was fun. I think the plot is literally non-existent, but it's okay. I think we should watch it again, Zach. Let's do it, baby. Dominion? Theaters, yeah. 
Dominion round two, baby. <sighs> Jesus. I don't know if I can handle it, man. I really don't. I, I mean, I would watch the extended cut at home maybe in like a few months or something. I don't know. If it was available for free, I would try it. But sure. I don't know. It's just interesting to me. It, um, they, there probably should have been only one Jurassic Park, but if we're going to do it, how can I allow them to tell stories in a world which dinosaurs exist? It's like that's the so, ultimate. Have you seen them all? I've seen every Jurassic Park movie once, at least once. Okay, give me your list. Rank them right here, right oh my now, God. all six. Jurassic Park 1, a giant fucking milestone, <laughs> like a lime, giant fucking rock. And then I would probably give number two to, I don't know, dude. I haven't enjoyed any of them, really. I, I Maybe Jurassic World. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe that Jurassic World, and then The Lost World, and then Three, and then Fallen Kingdom, and then Dominion. I think Dominion's the worst one. Oh, uh, I, I think that's no, no way. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think The Lost World is the worst movie Steven Spielberg's ever made. At least um, it's funny, bad. It's it's like Attack of the Clones. It's like at least I'm having fun watching this movie and making fun of it. That's kind of so I'm how I go. Think. I go Jurassic Park, and then I go Jurassic Park Three, because. The William H. Macy Jurassic Park Bill thing? Macy, baby. Fuck yeah. And the pterodactyl scene in the aviary is sick. That's from the Jurassic Park book. So I love seeing that on screen. You've read and the I book? Go, huh? You've read the book? I have read the book. It's Do you recommend it? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Definitely read that book. It's amazing. Hmm. Um, Lost World is also a good book. Better than the movie. So yeah, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park 3. I'm actually going <laughs> to go Dominion. <laughs> oh my god. You liked it more than Jurassic. you liked it more than the first Jurassic World. Three of the top three movies in my list have Alan Grant. Do you see a trend? He's awesome. <laughs> so then I go the original Jurassic World, and then I go um, Fallen Kingdom, and then Lost World. Lost World's the worst. Rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> We're just coming at this from two different walks of life, baby. I'm, I'm still mad about the Hugh Jackman stuff, I guess. <laughs> I'm just getting hot. Right you're, now. you're like, <laughs> it's a trail of fire for the rest of this episode. Every hot take, give them what all. What are we bring. talking about next? The man in the jungle? Jesus. <laughs> well, next you're going to get the shit on Sony because uh, Tarzan to swing again as Sony picks up the movie rights. Uh, this comes from Hollywood Reporters as an exclusive. This actually just broke today. Um, Sony Pictures has picked up the screen rights to the character from Burroughs Estate, Edgar Rice Burroughs Incorporated, and is seeking to do a, quote, total reinvention of the character and intellectual property. Um, How often do they sell the rights to Tarzan? I thought it was public domain. That's what I thought, too. That's why I thought this story was weird, because it was making huh. the rounds on social media today, and I was like, I thought that Tarzan was just free game. Yeah, I thought but he was like the Lone not. Ranger. I guess not. Apparently not. Um... But yeah, the, the, the quotes from inside sources say that there's been no writer, filmmaker, or producer attached to the studio, but the studio is looking for a top-down reimagining of Tarzan for audiences of now, for the time, and space. Styles. For a century. <laughs> All right, so you're jumping the gun. I want to know how bad is this idea, A, Terrible. and then what does a Tarzan, in, what does like Gen Z Tarzan look like? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> so either Sony goes full Sony and they get Jared Leto to play Tarzan because he's like shredded and has long hair. Or they go and they get Harry Styles to be a jungle boy. 
Harry Styles is one of the gorillas. Or Harry Styles is the uh, maybe they do a gender swap. Maybe it's fem Femme Hercules or Femme Hercules. Femme Tarzan and uh Dr. Jane or whatever is Harry Styles. No, I think he's Tarzan. For sure. You want Harry Styles to be Tarzan. I don't want Harry Styles as Tarzan. <laughs> I don't want any more Tarzan. Let's let's just get that on the record. But I think that that's what they would do. You're asking me if if they're making a Gen Z. It's either him or fucking Chalamet. And then Zendaya is going to be Jane of the Jungle. Tarzan. So, I can't handle go. that. I think it's this is definitely going to so... be Zendaya if it's Sony. Or maybe it's just Tom Holland and Zendaya in oh the jungle. <laughs> this, is <a> terrible, <laughs> this is a terrible idea. Sony, what are you doing? What are you doing with your movies, man? You need to get your shit in order. Like, this is a terrible idea. Like, Tarzan is not... If they think they're going to do a ground-up reimagining of the Tarzan character, like, the only thing... Hear me out. <sighs> Hire in a... They couldn't afford this. <laughs> but if you were going to have, like, Matt Reeves do Tarzan and do it like the Planet of the Apes movies, I can actually see that being a more Rob gritty... Is Tarzan. Robert Pattinson as Tarzan. Yeah, no. No. Who are you supposed to be? I'm the jungle. <laughs> I'm the jungle. <laughs> I'm the leaves. I'm the loincloth. Here's here's what I'm saying. I'm calling my shot right now. I'd bet Vegas odds on this one, like plus 100. Um, uh, Jason Momoa is going to be Tarzan. I'm calling it right now. There, no, Jason see, Momoa. You say that, and that sounds good to me. <laughs> no, it sounds awful. <laughs> Aquaman gonna... in the trees. It's going to be the director from the director of Morbius comes Tarzan starring Jason Momoa and well what about this what about Matt Smith Ugh, no <laughs> no too british what about Matt Smith as Clayton Clayton Who's Clayton He's the villain in the animated Tarzan movie I don't I don't think he's a Tarzan character Hmm I haven't seen the animated movie in a long time. I Listen, don't remember this Sony, character. If you are listening though, and you're gonna if you're gonna do mocap gorillas, you should get um what's her name? Oh shoot. Oh, I'm, I'm blanking on it now. Andy Serkis. No, get Rosie O'Donnell to call oh that my God. Turk. <laughs> and Rosie O'Donnell is Turk. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, yeah, bad idea, Sony. Shame on you. Stop doing this. For every one No Way Home, they get to do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem is that it's Sony's like a whole one for you, one for me, but the ones for me are just like absolute garbage. <laughs> it's actually more like one for you, five for us. <laughs> They're like Uncharted, Morbius, Tarzan. Deal I do think that the Jared Leto pick is not totally out of this world because he's like becoming a little uncastable. Like they're only like no, not a lot of big names are going after him. So but Sony is willing to throw him a bag to play Morbius. So like, sure. That's not a bad pick. I, I still stand by it. I think Jason Momoa plays Tarzan. I think that they try to go gritty with it. And I think it fails horribly. I, I don't but want, it makes it makes money. I don't want Tarzan to be gritty though either. Like he's a jungle boy. This should be fun. Wait, Zach, genius idea. You ready for this? Okay. Yeah, hit me. Brendan Fraser. Reignite George of the Jungle, but let him play Tarzan. Um huh? Uh, after the I mean, world, I like he wins an Oscar and then he plays Tarzan. <laughs> he plays Tarzan. That's the thing is, uh, yeah, Brendan Fraser, uh, great, great fan casting pick there. I'm so excited to see the whale. Uh, apparently, it's fantastic. Uh, 
probably without a doubt another slam dunk for A24, the best yeah. film studio in the world. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting one to monitor. Uh, I bet we see this in two years. No, nah, dude, I bet you Sony cranks this bad boy out next year. They, I think they filmed their movies for like a month tops. And then they delayed them for three years. No more COVID standing in their way. They're just like, they can we're going full hog, baby. <laughs> They're like, nothing gets delayed. In fact, everything's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> Dude, like, you guys want to see Tarzan's dick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up. Uh, do you like James Bond, John? I do. Big fan. Well, would you be excited to know that Amazon Streaming Service is going to be the new home for all 25 James Bond movies in the United States, the UK, and other territories? Starting on October 5th, everything from Dr. No and From Russia With Love to Skyfall and No Time to Die will be available to stream on Prime Video. Wow, so I don't need my 50 DVDs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but uh, that's a cool collection piece to keep. That but, is really um, cool. It'll be nice so, for just like quick throw it on purposes. Yeah. So um, I'll say it for me first. This is going to make it really easy for me to check some of these movies out that I did never get to. I watched a few of the ones when you lended me the original DVDs like a long time ago. Um, yeah. But uh, what do you think? I mean, is this something that, you know, it's just going to be easily, more easily accessible? I mean, I think that this for is sure. great, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It, it's, it makes it more accessible to younger audiences, too. It gets people involved in Bond. Um, Zach, have you seen GoldenEye? Yes. That's have probably one of the Bond movies I've seen the most, honestly. Oh, it's such, so good. Have you seen Live and Let Die? No. Watch that first. Okay. It's the first Roger Moore one, and it's in New Orleans. It's great. Jane Seymour's in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wish the audience could have seen that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's coming October 5th, sooner than I would have expected. We didn't talk about this on the last episode, but did you see that article? Apparently, the... the You'll you'll know the, the, one of them's named after bread or something, but the, the broccoli family. Oh, broccoli! That's what it is. The broccoli. broccoli. Yeah. Every time I see that name, I'm like, oh, it's the broccoli family. We got the and broccoli fucking, family. And you're fucking Italian. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Apparently, they're looking for the next James Bond to be James Bond for at least a decade. Yeah. And so they're they're in the process right now. They're vetting their cast. Uh, do you what's have the worst? Early? What's the worst case scenario if they're like Tom Holland is Tom James Holland. Bond? Yeah. That would suck. I mean, he's British. Uh, I mean, I don't give so a fuck if he's British or not. That sounds terrible. <laughs> there actually was. I don't know if I, maybe I can find it, but um, there was a thing. It was Vegas odds to be the next James Bond, and for a long time, um, it was Idris Elba at the top. Um, they waited too long. They made too many Craig movies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. All right, so uh, yeah, this comes from usbookies.com, which I think it's this is a fun, funny, funny source we got here on the podcast first time. Uh, but odds to be the next James Bond, and I'm gonna go off of the most recent. So as of April 1st, 2022, these are the Vegas updated odds. Um, we'll start with the. I don't know. I'll read. The, I'll read through a couple of the big names. Uh, four and one odds. Uh, Henry Cavill. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Here. Thumbs up. Okay. Aiden Turner, six to one odds. Who the fuck is that? I don't know. Google. Give me Google. I'll look him up. Uh, Michael Fassbender, eight to one odds. Two thumbs up. Yeah. Um, that actually is better than Henry Cavill. Good shit. 
Uh, Tom Hardy at 10 to 1 odds. Uh, Idris Elba uh, at 10 at uh, 12 to 1 odds. I think he's too old now. Oh, this is Aiden Turner. Okay. Who is he? He's a TV actor. Got it. Um, Killian Murphy at 14 to 1 odds. Too weird. Uh, Richard Madden at 18 to 1 odds. I, I don't like hate that, that pick. A lot, actually. Don't I hate like that pick. That. That's a good pick. Uh, and then the last one is a name I'm unfamiliar with. Tom Hopper at 25 to 1 odds. Um, looks like he was in Merlin, Black Sails, Game... He was Dick on... Dick on <laughs> there was not a character named Dick on Tarly in Game of Thrones. Oh, there was. Okay, well, he played Dick on Tarly, and apparently he's uh, 25 to 1 odds to play James Bond. I like the Richard Madden one the best, actually. Sounds cool. Yeah, I'm into it. He's a little... Scottish, though, yeah? So that'd be perfect. We haven't gotten a, a truly Scottish Bond in a long time. That'd be sick. Cool. I'm still pulling for Idris. I think that that would be a fucking cool it turn would be, for the it character. It would have been cool, like, ten years ago. Sure. Did they want him to play him for ten years? Think about it. What if we get an older, grizzled Bond? Like, I kind of like We've that idea. We've had that for the last 10 years with no, Craig. Daniel Craig is not what I would classify as older. Like, okay. maybe maybe uh, in No Zach, Time to Die, he was starting to push. 2012, Skyfall. What is the opening plot synopsis for Bond? Why is he struggling so hard to get back into Her Majesty's Secret I Service? Forgot. Didn't his girlfriend die or something? No, he's old and his knees busted. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and he can't aim. Well, we will see. The next search for the James Bond, I'm sure we're going to get an answer here in the next year or so because you got to start cranking those things out again. Productions productions up. Yeah. Got to start making movies again. Definitely. Um, this comes from Deadline. The next Star Trek movie has actually been removed from the Paramount release calendar. Uh, the movie starring Chris Pine, scripted by the feature franchise's first female writers, Lindsay Beer and Geneva robertson Dwarit, was set to open on December 22nd of next year, but it has been removed from uh the w the paramount um the paramount slate which doesn't mean that it's necessarily canceled uh matt shackman did exit the project about a month ago to make um, fantastic four yeah so how are we feeling uh star trek new star trek movie uh you never saw beyond right i've only seen 2009 you know you so you never saw into darkness or beyond nope they're both entertaining movies i recommend them actually sure because um, they got my boy in it yeah. Yeah. Number two is Benedict Cabbage Patch, and then the third one has a lot of Simon Pegg, which is great. Isn't Idris in the third one, too? Idris is in the third one as well, yeah. Yeah. That's um, when he should have started playing Bond. Maybe. But I'm yeah, sure uh, I don't know. Out. To be to be fair, though, I bet you they're crushing it on TV right now, I hear. So yeah, not really worried. Maybe. Um, it's I'm just not. Busy boy. Yes, Star Trek has always been a TV franchise. Like, those movies, the 2009 Star Trek did kind of reinvigorate the franchise, but, like, it kind of, like, dropped off from there. Like, the second one was worse than the first one, and the third one I actually thought was better than the second one, but not as good as 2009. But um, Is Beyond the Justin Lin one? Beyond is the Justin Lin one, yeah. Bing, it's good. Bing, 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 bing. It's really good, yeah. <laughs> it's it's really good. Watch. I yeah, don't really have any desire in watching the rebooted version of Khan. 
I liked it. Sure, people did. Uh, Carl Urban's great in that movie. Carl he's Urban's great, great in all those movies, man. Bones, Bones, he's so good. He's a perfect Bones. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, it, it makes me sad because I did like that cast quite a bit. Like Chris oh, Pine, great. yeah, fucking Zach Quinto. I liked all those guys. Simon Pegg, Scotty, like he Zoe was Zaldana. Awesome. Yeah. The problem is that the MCU stole Zoe Zaldana away, and then the boys stole Carl Urban away. They're all too busy now. Her poached. And Chris yeah. Pines and Don't Worry Darling is going to be too busy making Don't Worry Darling 2. Fuck yeah, baby. <laughs> don't do worry, worry even more. Do worry, worry darling. Do worry, darling. <laughs> you better be fucking really worried, darling. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, next up, New Planet of the Apes movie taps The Witcher's Freya Allen to star. And it also gets a new title and a first look screenshot. Did you get the chance to look at this, Jay? I'm looking at it right now. Okay. Well, it's called uh, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. <coughs> oh, yeah. Excuse me. Uh, Deadline reported last month that Owen Teague was tapped as the lead ape for the pick. Insiders add that Peter Macon has also joined the cast. Production is set to start next month. Uh, and here's the worst part about this is that the Maze Runner director, Wes Ball, is the guy that's directing this. So quite the step down well, from the other guy. The other guy's a little busy. <laughs> a little busy. Um, how, how, but those, those apes movies are great. So they're awesome. I mean, those Matt Reeves planted the apes Maze Runner kid with, with a good property, like a good movie. We'll see. I mean that, that title card looks sick. Yeah. It's cool. Like last of us with apes. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool looking. I mean, um, I don't know. I want to hope that it's of the same quality. No Andy circus, no Matt Reeves. That's tough. Like you're losing two of the things that made those movies so impactful. Um, I don't know. What's the best case scenario? They're like Oscar Isaacs in the new Planet of the Apes movie. I mean, you have to have this a. This movie might be all apes, though. I don't know. You got to have some kind of human care. It's like it's Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, right? So we're getting more toward like the time of who's the original guy. I bet this movie ends with the dude landing on like Charleston, on, Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston, yeah. So that character is going to be in this movie. So I I would actually bet that that's kind of the route that they're going to take. Yeah, they do a deep fake Charleston. Charleston. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Who's today's modern Charleston Heston? Charlton Heston. Army Hammer. That's tough. <laughs> I don't know if we can get that one. He's too busy. He's too busy being grilled for House of Hammer. I'm a hundred percent a kid. <laughs> oh yeah. boy. All right. Well, let's talk about this next one because I do want to spend some time on these three. So. Okay. Cool. I'm excited um, for the Apes movie though. Always. I'm always down. Me too. I'm excited. Cautiously optimistic. All right. So next up, we're switching gears to the Marvel universe again. We started off strong. We're gonna end strong. Um, Marvel's Blade has lost its director, Bassam Tariq. Uh, this is an exclusive from The Hollywood Reporter. This came out three days ago. Um, Blade, which has a release date of November 3rd, 2023, was gearing up to begin shooting in November in Atlanta. It's unclear how Tariq's departure will impact the production start of the vampire action thriller, which has Oscar winner Mahershala Ali in the title role, uh, with cast also including Delroy Lindo and old actor uh, Aaron Pierre. Um, quote, due to continued shifts in our production schedule, Bassam is no longer moving forward as director of Blade, but will remain an executive producer on the film. Uh, this is what Marvel said in a statement to The Hollywood Reporter. Quote, we appreciate Bassam's talent and all the work he's done getting Blade to where it is. End quote. 
Um, it's been an honor working with the wonderful fo- – this is Tariq. He gave his own statement, said, quote, it's been an honor working with the wonderful folks at Marvel. We were able to put together a killer cast and crew eager to see where the next director takes the film. Um, there's a lot of drama coming out around this too. I, di- I wasn't able to find a really great article that kind of summarized everything. Um, but apparently there's been some pretty heavy drama behind the scenes. Uh, Mahershala Ali is not happy with the state of the production. It's uh, not good. Um, they're also saying that they're a little bit concerned about the tone of the movie. Uh, obviously they, they weren't able to keep their main director on board. Um, script, apparently the script is getting a rewrite now. Um, yeah, this movie doesn't look like it's in good shape, John. Uh, and this is one that I think that you and I can say for pretty much guaranteed certainty that we were both really, really excited for, um, yeah, I'm so, worried. I'm worried they're gonna lose him now. It's. I mean, it's close. I mean, if they they signed him to, they must have signed him to a contract. I mean, that we're talking about Disney and Marvel right now. So like, surely when they brought him on board, they signed him to a contract that said like you at least have to stay <clears> until, <throat> like, we have to guarantee that you'll be the lead in this movie unless we can't shoot it by a specific timeline. In which that way, like, I feel like that's how most of those contracts go, where it's like, if it keeps getting delayed and keeps getting reworked and stuff like that, if it hits that point in his contract, he could say, I'm out. But I have a feeling like Kevin Feige and the team are going to try and push it through to get it done in that time frame. I just worry that it's not going to be the quality that we want. So I don't know. Who would you want to see? As a director? I don't know. It's tough. I don't really, I don't really know. Like, um, what did Bassam Tariq do? Let me look that up. Wh- who would you want? You're gonna love my pick. Yeah, give me your pick. I'm looking up what Bassam did. So he did. Sure I want to. Um, I want to make sure I get their name right. He's okay. done a lot of sh- indie films. Like he's only he's got seven credits as a director, and two of them are three of them are four of them are documentaries. One of them was a feature film director. In 2020, he played. He did a movie called Mogul Mowgli. Yeah. Um, he that's did Ghost jungle, of that's Sugar. The, that's the gritty Jungle Book one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's a it's a a British Pakistani rapper on the cusp of his first world tour is struck down by an illness that threatens to derail his big break. It's starring Riz Ahmed. Apparently, he played at a bunch of oh, film I festivals. Love Riz Ahmed. That's probably what got him the job. It's probably uh. All right, so here's my here's my two director picks. One of them's a writer director, which I think would be really cool. Okay, hit me. And his name is Spike Lee. <laughs> wow, yeah. I think that would be sick. That would be that would be that would be fucking sick. He has a good relationship with Mahershala. He knows how to make a poignant film. He can definitely do a good blend of comedy and seriousness. I don't know if you could get him to do a comic book movie, but I think that's the guy that they're like Mahershala bringing on spike lee and then they just turn it loose and let spike take it home um that's the big that's the big far-fetched pick i think the safe pick would be to get like dan trachtenberg who made prey Mm. i'm into that pick yeah i'm into that pick dan trachtenberg he was also the guy at 10 cloverfield lane right those are his two big claims to fame Mm -hmm. i could fuck with that for sure I think that's a better pick than anything I would have come up with. Because like it's like, who do you get? Did you know Dan Trachtenberg directed some of the boys? Yeah. The Whoa. first boys, I think. Like the first episode? Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, season He's one, great. episode one. He knows how to direct bloody violence, and that's what I want to see. So. 
Um, <laughs> Dan Trachtenberg is going to be the director for one episode of a Waterworld reboot. Fuck yeah. Waterworld. Costner. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I honestly couldn't think of a better pick than those two guys. That would be awesome. Um, you gave two really good realistic picks. Spike Lee, I can see with the relationship with Mahershala that he would come in and do a good job and like actually do a comic book movie that could be a— And he can, and he can bring John David Washington into it. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Or he could bring in Adam Driver as a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a vampire. I'll suck your fucking blood. I'll suck your blood. And then I'm going to eat nachos. (laughs) Best day of my life. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. Here, uh, since you gave two realistic picks that are really, really good, I'm going to give my pie in the sky pick. Quentin Tarantino. Why not? Fuck it. First entry in the MCU. Let him do an ultra violent, super gritty vampire hunter movie and just let him go. Let him run wild. Yeah, that would be sweet. Never going to happen in any fucking planet, but, uh, you know, a guy can dream. Yeah. I'd All right. Down. Anything left to say about Blade? I mean, how are no, you? How I are just you hope they, like, I hope they keep Mahershala. That's the only concern I have now. That's a big concern that I have as well. Uh, and another thing, too, to think about is that we still have no official confirmation that this is r-rated um so that's, that's worrisome as well i think it might depend on the director if they get a good director in there that wants to plant his feet be like mahershala and i are teamed up it's either us or we walk and we want it this way that's what that that's what that film needs it sounds like it literally needs direction but yeah it seems like it's a bit of a mess right now which is crazy like I, um it's been, it's been it was announced like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. it, I I don't know, dude. We're in a weird time right now where um there is a shitload of content. I think for the first time there is a bit of a changing in the tides in terms of how people are perceiving Marvel. Um, definitely. Everyone talked for years about superhero fatigue, Marvel fatigue. Yeah. There's too many movies coming out, but then Endgame is like the highest grossing movie of all time. Asterisk because of fucking stupid ass Avatar. Um, and it's like, well, they proved that they can do it. They had a 10 year run where they just kept making more and more and more and more and more money. Add in a pandemic, add in a TV streaming service, add in some back behind the scenes drama with actors, add in some director shakeups. All of a sudden you got a recipe for uncertainty and people are starting to see the, um, the man behind the curtain. At Marvel, like it just doesn't seem as natural, organic, like everything for those first 10 years. The worst thing that happened was that one thing where Jeremy Renner and Chris Evans were like made fun of just Scarlett Johansson. Like that was the worst thing that happened in 10 years. And now all of a sudden, after Endgame, we've had like so many different stories of just like behind the scenes tumultuousness. And it's like it's a real it's a real bummer. Like the kingdom, the kingdom could slowly be falling as we speak. I think it's already started to fall a little bit in the Disney Plus era. Yeah, I think Disney Plus is the worst thing to happen to Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I haven't enjoyed some of it. It's just that I just if that's the way that they want to show us some of that content going forward, I'm just not into it. Like there will come a time where if if we keep getting shows like She-Hulk, 
gonna. <laughs> I don't know. Put me in an gonna. ice bath and slap my dick because I don't but know. But thankfully, if I can one of them is not gonna be a, sh- a series anymore. So that's cool. Sorry, I took a drink of wine at a horrifying time. That's right, John. In fact, this article from Variety breaks it down. This actually broke yesterday. Uh, Marvel's Armor Wars, starring John Cheadle, has being, is being redeveloped as a movie. Um, it was originally it planned Riri, as a TV right? series. Say it again. It says Riri. Uh, don't Keep know. Reading. She's getting her own show. Ironheart's her own show. <laughs> Along with Echo, John. Aren't you excited about Echo? Wake me up inside. Just read, read the news. Read the- <laughs> get me to The Last of Us. Come on. <laughs> like, get me to the end of this train wreck. Armor Wars will star Don Cheadle reprising his MCU role of James Rhodey Rhodes, a.k.a. War Machine. The project is based on Marvel Comics' seven-issue arc of the same name within the story of Iron Man and follows Rhodes as he must face what happens when ta- Tony Stark's tech falls into the wrong hands. Yasser Lester, who was originally set as the series' head writer, remains attached to write the project. Uh, this is the second big shakeup of the week. Also, Blade director Bassam Tariq stepped away from the project on Tuesday, just two months before the film was set to start production um yeah so armor wars transitioning to a movie a little bit of shakeup with blade uh i don't know do, did you read armor wars did okay are you excited now knowing that this is a movie yes as opposed to a tv show okay yes sounds way more interesting as a potentially two-hour movie instead of a six-hour television show okay um Dude, where are you at with Don Cheadle? Don can carry a MCU movie? That was, no. That was my question, man. Is where are you at with Don Cheadle? Because you infamously ranted about him in Space Jam. He's terrible in Space Jam. Might be one of the worst performances I've ever seen. Love you, Donnie. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if Riri Williams was in this, coming off of Wakanda Forever, which again, we haven't seen, but cool character. You know, if unfortunately, I'm going to put it out there, if Obadiah Stane was still alive, that would be cool. This will have Justin Hammer in it, at least, so that's pretty sick. Yeah, that's the rumor, is that Sam Rockwell's coming back as, oh, as Justin Hammer. You can believe um, those rumors, because Justin Hammer's in the comic, so. Cool. Spoiler. We also talked, uh, we talked about this off the air. Um, it's, a ru- it's a total rumor going around as well, but apparently the rumor is that Harrison Ford is the Disney's first choice to recast as General Ross. Any chance he shows up in this flick? No, I don't think General Ross was in Armor Wars. I think he'll just be in Thunderbolts. Got it. Okay. Uh, Elena, what are you, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so Phase 5 of MCU goes Quantumania, Secret Invasion. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, hold on Wait. a second. Yes. <laughs> this- no. I thought that Quantumania was coming out way later. All right, never mind. Phase five of MCU goes Quantumania, Secret Invasion, Guardians of the Galaxy, Echo, Loki Season 2, The Marvels, Blade, Ironheart, Agatha, Coven of Chaos, Daredevil Born Again, Captain America, New World Order, and the Thunderbolts. So that's complete. That slate is complete, which means that we wouldn't be getting an Armor Wars movie until Phase 6, which starts with uh, there's a blank slate in the fall of 2024. Then we got Fantastic Four. Then there's a fall of 
We got fall written twice. Yep, that's on purpose. Fall 2024, open slate, November, Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, fall, open slate, winter, open slate, winter, Jesus. open slate, spring Jesus. of 2020. <laughs> no, no, and then no. we start getting into uh, Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars with yeah. two projects in between those. So where does this go? Does this go before or after Fantastic Four? Does it go in between Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars? Where Where is this landing for you? Does it fucking matter at this point? (laughs) (laughs) Case closed. Um, I think it's probably going to be. I think think it's the first thing in phase six. I disagree. And here's why. The last two things in phase five are Captain America, New World Order, which is going to be an espionage style movie, and then Thunderbolts. Yeah. So I think that that first movie of Phase Six, you got to do something different. Like I, I wouldn't, I would even, I wouldn't be shocked if it was like Doctor Strange Three, something like that. Yeah. Or Guardians Three. Guardians Three is the beginning of Phase Five. Oh shit! Oh, soon. Fuck yeah. May of twenty. May of twenty twenty three. We're Come getting that trailer. Show the love. <laughs> So I don't know. I think that you don't start phase six with another espionage style story because that's what I think Armor Wars is. Is that am I right? And no, it's just like a lot of people in armored suits fighting. Oh, shit. It's like rock'em sock'em robots. <laughs> the fuck do I know then? But yeah. Okay. Can we talk about the good thing now? <laughs> <laughs> that's right, everybody. You're here for it. I know you're here for it. <laughs> We're going to talk about it because it's all the internet wants to talk about. Yes. All right. Can you see my screen? Oh, you bet your sweet ass I can see your screen. All right. So September 26th, literally the day after we recorded the last episode of the podcast, HBO graced us with uh, the Last of Us official teaser for the HBO Max show directed by Craig Mazin. Um, the video is up to 6.7 million views at this point. Um, it's a one minute and 48 second long teaser trailer. Um, you're the biggest last of us fan on the planet that I know of. Uh, so where are you at? What, 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 uh, what's your status? How you feeling, buddy? Give me uh, the height meters up. It's, it's up. It's, it's off the charts. This looks awesome, dude. Then the, the tone is so on par with the games yet different enough to be in a new medium. Going with Alone and Forsaken by Hank Williams, doing the trailer is awesome. I think that's a great idea. And it's just cool to see the different interpretations of the characters. The world looks so real and lived in and and vibrant and terrifying. And the clicker looks so scary. Um, Yeah, man, I, I can't I mean, I can't wait. It looks awesome. Yeah, I'll echo that sentiment. I think that the tra- it's a it's a really really well made trailer. Um, stem to stern, like it's got a good song to it. I like the remix of the song toward the end where it starts chopping in and out. It starts getting a little cuttier, and it's like hyping up the emotions, like the ramping up of everything going on. The visuals, man, the visuals in this show. Like, if we had any yeah. doubt that this wasn't going to be a good looking television show, I think this blew those any doubt of that out of the water. Like, um. The clickers look great. The the environments look awesome. They clearly put a lot into set design. Um, 
that fucking shot at the very beginning where they're driving through the streets and that plane crashes, that's like straight out of the fucking video game, and it looks great. Yeah. Um, there's a great shot. One of my, my probably my favorite shot of the trailer is when they're they're riding, they're like walking up to the the city streets, and you see like the the decrepit building that's like falling over, and the lightning flashes. It's like man, it looks it looks so good. It looks, it really does. It. I mean, first great video game adaptation of all time. I'm calling it. I think that this is gonna be. This is it. If this can't do it, then nothing can at this point, you know? Yeah. I love the shot of them walking across the snowy bridge. Um, mm-hmm. Riding the horse at the end is obviously really sick. That's that's going to be awesome. I, I mean, yeah, dude, the, they just – I can't wait to watch this show. I just want to inject the show into my body, you know? Yeah. And I love that they're including Left Behind in the show. Yeah. We already talked about when they announced casting for Riley being played by Storm Reed. But um, if that's a bottle episode, that's going to be the Emmy episode right there. Got to be. Wow. I actually think that the Emmy episode would be the winter chapter if there's a. Or the first episode. Or the the first first episode episode might blow a lot of people away. Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions. I mean, we're going to be talking about this thing for a long time in terms of like what the structure is. And obviously, you know, we have our theories. Uh, Did you write down. Do you have a note sheet or anything that you want to – do you want to map it out? Do you want to, like, guess at least? Or yeah, do you, let's, like, let's, is there anything? let's do it. I, mean, I don't have any notes made, but let's make one. Okay. We use the doc. We can use the doc, yeah. I mean, so trailer, really, really good. I don't know if there's much more to say. Like, I, I think that it's a great teaser. I think that this is – this shot is just so good. Like, the, the shot of them on the horse. Like, I don't know. It's a great-looking teaser. It's an awesome trailer. I love – the title treatment as well. Just shout out to the title treatment of like the the Last of Us font, straight up from the video game, but just like the the hazy light coming in from behind it. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, it's, I it's the same but different, you know. Yeah. Any doubt in my mind has been has been quenched. Like, and that's the problem is is that I don't want to have my expectations set too high because I really would be heartbroken if it was a disappointment. I just I don't I, see it. I I, I, I honestly it. think that I honestly think that they gambled right with with Craig Mazin, bringing in Neil Druckmann on board. The visuals look great. The action looks you know and great. The fact I, that they they reference Neil Druckmann in the trailer leads yeah? me to believe it's like yeah he's heavenly evolved. Yeah, I think the most interesting thing in the trailer is there seems to be a lot of stuff where they t- where it seems to indicate that there might be some time spent before more time spent before uh, the outbreak. Um, this shot in particular, um, yeah, dinner over wine, um, don't know who these two people are. Unless it's new characters. Could be new characters, yeah, I I don't know, um, the structure of the show I think is going to be the biggest question mark, because we, you know, it's, they're getting one season, there's no second season planned, we also have never gotten a concrete answer on what they're adapting, if they're doing the whole first game in the first season, or what they're going to do, um, but I guess we can speculate. Let's speculate. So let's do some speculation. Let's say it is the first game. Let's so, okay. So so you're how what I'm going to stop sharing my screen. What's your confidence level on it being the entire of season one being the first game? Like ninety percent. I'm leaning towards sixty percent confident. I think that there's a chance that they cliffhang this. At some point in the game. Like winter? I wonder if it's even just the first two seasons. 
everything leading up to the outbreak, the outbreak, Joel in the quarantine zone, meeting up with Ellie, going through all that stuff. You have the whole test chapter. Is it uh, is it the stuff with the two brothers? Like when you. Well, the so the order of the game is prologue Boston with Tess. You meet up with Ellie. You spend a lot of time in Boston, the three of them. Tess dies. Then they go to Billstown. Then they go to Pittsburgh and they get ambushed. And that's when they meet Henry and Sam. And then they escape Pittsburgh, but then they go to the sewers. Henry and Sam die. And then they go to Wyoming and meet up with Tommy. And then they go to the university. Joel gets hurt. Winter chapter ensues with David. Joel meets up with Ellie at the end of that chapter. And then we go to Utah. Yeah. I mean, they cast um, Marlene in it. The actress who plays her in the games. That leads me to believe that she's going to be in a decent amount of it. Mm -hmm. Whether that's just in Boston or hopefully getting to the end. I think it'd be better if they did the whole game in the first season, though. Especially if it's Game of Thrones length. This is HBO, so it's 10 episodes, 55 to an hour. Usually the finale and the first episodes are an hour and a half. Cover a lot of ground that way. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I didn't even think about it until just now, but there is that shot of them crossing the bridge with it snowing. So it's like that kind of means that there has there's to be this, getting into and, winter. And the shot of her, him holding her face in the snow while she's covered in blood. That leads me to believe that's after she kills David. The only thing we don't see is anything related to the Firefly Hospital. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I guess we can we can do the speculation on each of the episodes as um, covering the whole first game, even though I'm not 100 percent sure that they're going to do that. Uh, yeah. I do think I mean, imagine if they do cover the whole first game in that first season, what a fucking season of television that would be. That's what and I'm saying. Like, because think they, about the cliffhanger they, ending too. like, man, oh, my that's God, that's what I want. I want everyone to experience that cliffhanger because not everyone plays video games, unfortunately. And the people that have watched me play that game, when they see that cliffhanger, they're like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> I want people to experience that on, on a prestige television show. I think that'd be great. So okay. let's just do a thought exercise where it is the whole game and left behind. And let's do let's do an episode breakdown. OK. Well, so episode one. Lead me off. I, I would say that the first episode you've had you've said it for a long time that you think the first episode is going to end with them with the reveal that Ellie is is bit. Mm -hmm. My theory is that the first episode ends with um, the death of Sarah. So maybe it's it's Joel and Tess in Boston flashing back to the beginning of the outbreak. Yeah. I like that idea. I definitely think there's going to be some flashbacks. I don't think the show is going to open. I, I well, Actually, I would love if it, the opening shot of the show, it's going to be the watch. It has to be. Yeah, and it's going to be him sitting on the couch. And But, like, I bet it's, like, when she goes to bed, it cuts to black, and that's when you see. And then he wakes up, and it's 20 years later. That, that tips your hand, though, because then she's not there. I think, honestly, I think the yeah. smart decision is just to do the whole prologue from the jump. God, that is one of the toughest things to put somebody through. I like the idea that the whole prologue's a cold open, and then it cuts into the title sequence. 
So yeah, then maybe maybe we don't get any Joel and Tess in Boston. Like I I mean like maybe I don't know. Gut re- gut, an hour. Gut, I don't know. This is tough, man. Because I think that the best way to end that first episode, it would be the whole first episode. You get a look at Joel's life before the outbreak. That way, you get some back and forth with him and Tommy. Maybe you even introduce Tess as someone that he knew before the outbreak and stuff like that. I I don't even know how you do that. Do you mind um, if I do something first? Go for it. Let's just go ahead and say that the last episode is all of spring. So it's the giraffes and the Firefly Hospital and the cliffhanger. That's all of the finale. Right? God, it's what an a hour fucking, and a half. What a fucking yeah. episode of television. <laughs> it's an hour and a half, and it's that whole chapter. Because that is the shortest chapter in the game for a reason, but it is obviously very poignant. So let's just go ahead and plug that in there. Okay. So we, we have a little bit of, of a barometer to work off of, right? I think... Let's do prologue. Let's do like a couple things, right? Prologue, pre-outbreak. Break Joel home life. Yeah, because I, I like and my Boston, producer question mark and Boston question mark. My producer brain says that like ending the first episode. What I would like to see if I was directing the show, I would want the whole first episode to be set up with Joel and Sarah. That way it's a fake out, and at the very end of the episode, you have everything with, outbreak, with the outbreak. That's the climactic scene at the end of your first episode, and then the title card is what ends that episode. That is what I would want to happen, but I also understand the idea that you want to – the prologue is not something you need to spend a whole lot of time because you really just need to establish his relationship with Tommy and – briefly introduce us to sarah but i'm wondering if due to some of those shots in the trailer if they're going to try to expound on multiple people's backstories from before the outbreak yeah that's the only thing that's giving me pause and i wouldn't have thought that before this trailer but now after this trailer i'm thinking like and what if they're going to try and like maybe even show us like bill's life before the breakout like if they're going to cut between multiple characters or if it's really going to stay in joel's point of view for that whole first episode i i just don't know it would be interesting if it was like lost and each character is experiencing flashbacks to their pre-outbreak life um here's the thing though zach i as a last of us fan i love the idea that the first episode ends with the title sequence after sarah dies you're not going to get return viewers after that People are going to be so devastated that they invested into this guy and his daughter, and then she dies at the end. You need to have a little bit of positivity to end the episode. Sure. I see that. You know what I mean? That's almost why I feel like you have to get to the point where maybe maybe at least you get to the point where they meet up with Marlene in Boston. Maybe not even Ellie, but just like meeting up with the Firefly Resistance group. Hmm. Yeah, and I, we don't want to spend too much time on the first one because it's really it's just a fucking it's a to, it's a it's a card so toss. But like, let's say we don't know. Can yeah. I can I speculate one more idea? Sure. What if you have the whole episode go up until the prologue? You get the title sequence, but instead of that being the last thing that you get before credits, you get a it. You think it's credits because it's like doing the 
and it's like the world is infected. It's getting like all the news stories things with like all the stuffs happening in the in the title sequence for part one. But then after that, you get Joel waking up in Boston, current time in the outbreak, like, and Tess walks in and they have that conversation with the two of them, like while he's like drinking a glass of bourbon or whatever. And it's the whole setup of like, they've got our guns or whatever, like we just need to go check it out. And then the last scene is them like walking and he closes the door. Or even better, he opens the door into the downtown quarantine zone and we see how far society has fallen. Now we're just thinking together. So yeah, so I like this. That's fine. Let's lock, let's leave it the way it is. Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. So then episode two is um, Joel, Tess, and Ellie. That's the other... I know we're already making... I'm making revisions already, but I also think that you don't cast Bella Ramsey and like have her as leading building without introducing her in the first episode, which makes me even more... I'm telling you, man. I think I think the why, why are the Fireflies having a smuggled infected girl is a great great cliffhanger for the first episode because you learn about joel's backstory you get a sense of the world and then you learn about how the infection works all within the first episode but regardless of that the second episode would still be joel tess and ellie explore boston and i think it would be end cliffhanger with tess dying i think she makes it two three episodes max yeah, I agree with that as well. Puts episode three at Billstown. Mm, bottle, can't bottle wait. Up, bottle episode in Billstown. Episode four and five, I think, would be Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh with Henry and Sam. Do you think two episodes with Henry and Sam? I think one episode without or one episode with them teased at the end. I think you want to build up that relationship because... It's so that scene is the worst. No, it's brutal. It's terrible. I don't know why I made that. So maybe this one is Pittsburgh, Joel, Ellie, and Joel in the basement of the hotel. Oh, no, no, no. It's Joel, Ellie, and Ellie's first kill when she shoots the hell out of that guy, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he gives her the gun that we saw in the trailer. So then the next episode would be Pittsburgh with Henry and Sam. And they go, do they go to the sewers on that episode with Henry and Sam? I think you introduce Henry and Sam and then they're gone by the end of that episode. Yeah, maybe. We'll come back to that. Because really, I mean... So I'll tell you this. I think episode eight is left behind. Okay. Which is uh, Ellie trying to find medicine for Joel. I think they're going to do that whole little miniature game. So I think it's going to be an Ellie solo episode where Pedro's passed out on the floor and she's scrambling around the mall looking for stuff while flashing back to Riley. Which would make episode nine. Winter. Winter. With David. With David. Because you can do that in one episode. So that means that seven has to be the university. Mm. And six would have to be Tommy's dam. Oh. Boom. There we go. 
We just made a television show. <laughs> <laughs> think that's how easy it is? Do you think that's how they do it in Hollywood? They're just like, yeah, we just made a fucking television show. It easy. helps that I've played the game a million times. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's like, you could easily segment these things like that. I think no, no doubt about it. Pittsburgh is the longest stretch of the game because yeah. you get there, they get ambushed, they get separated in the hotel. She kills the guy. You explore more of the city. Then they run into Henry and Sam. Then they go to the sewers. Then they go to the neighborhood where Henry or where Sam gets bit, and then the cutscene ends. So you could cut some meat out of it and slim it down to two episodes and maybe they're in both of the Pittsburgh episodes or maybe it's just one and it's like you know you feel that positivity halfway through the episode and then by the end of the episode they fucking die so yeah yeah I I don't feel frankly that I was very much help on this one because I think that you're just such an expert that I do think that you could probably craft this whole show of stem to stern yourself you like it though right I mean, yeah, no, I mean, if this is the way if this is exactly how it goes, I think it's it's genius. And I think that the idea of having an entire episode be left behind is is almost is almost a guarantee. Here's my my not my worry. Is that I like this. This is how I would prefer the story to be told. I'm wondering if and this is again, like just because I'm I'm a huge pessimist with this stuff, like sure. My worry is that they're coming into this and, you know. Even Neil Druckmann is like, we've told this story. People can play this game and play the story, and we're going to be heavily advertising that people buy part one when this TV show is coming out. What if we change some things and add a little bit more um, backstory and a little bit more fluidity between the different storylines where I could even see – like I can see them saying like I'm planning this out just like we did and being like, okay, well, how can we incorporate Bill in episode one and two? How can we incorporate Henry and Sam in episode one? That way you already know who they are by the time you get there. How can we sprinkle in bits of left behind in Ellie's story all the way through, culminating with the winter chapter instead of just having a whole episode dedicated to left behind? Like my producer brain, my writer brain comes in on this and I'm like, how can we change this up? So looking at this right now, I think this is a perfect breakdown of how the show would operate as a front-to-back retelling the story, yeah. I just think that they're going to want to do some. I think they're going to want to make changes, and I'm just trying to prepare my body for that. Re- I eventually. completely agree, and I wouldn't be mad about it. To be fair, no, 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 no. because if be it is if it is a remaking of the show and it lays out exactly as I just predicted, then I'm going to get to episode six. I'm going to be like, oh, I know exactly how this is going to pace out the rest of the season, which wouldn't deter my enjoyment of the show. But how nice would it be to be surprised by things too? Yeah, and I think that that's probably what they're thinking, and that's why I like this roadmap. I think this is the perfect roadmap for a re- for a one-to-one interpretation of the game to a show. I just think that they're going to take some creative licenses and do some things a little bit different, and I think that part of that is going to be – I think a big part of it is going to be talking about these people's lives before the outbreak. I think that's okay. the easiest way to change it. Um, I just don't – I have no fucking idea – how to even write that down and guess like there's no way like it, it could be each episode like i wonder if each i wonder if the episodes are going to have like titles to them or if they're going to have like a theme song for each episode because like it would be interesting if each episode had a prologue that was about the person that joel and ellie are talking like interacting with like a five minute prologue about their backstory like think about that the opening of episode three in Bill's town is Bill's life before the outbreak, and then they meet Bill. With Frank? Yeah. 
like that would be fucking really cool. Like you get maybe a little bit back more backstory on Marlene, um, Test. David. Even you can see what David was like before the outbreak and stuff what like do you that. Think like David was like before the outbreak. I bet he was uh, like, I bet he was like, like Michael pastor. Richard, like Michael Richard. <laughs> we love you, Michael. Love you, Mike. Big shout out to Mike. Where you going, Nelly? Yeah, dude. I can't wait for this show. I'm very, very excited. Stonks up. Stonks up on HBO. <laughs> can't get here soon enough. Yeah, uh, spring of 2023. That's the rumor, right? I mean, the the trailer ends with no date. It just says 2023. So I'm betting, I'm gonna bet April 2023 because it's gonna come out on your birthday. It's either gonna come out the first week of April or the last week of April. It's either gonna be your birthday or my birthday, but I'm calling it April 2023. Hopefully, it's not my birthday because um, I'll be in London for a celebration. Damn, that's in and April. We wouldn't, be, we wouldn't be able to watch it together. Then I might just have to fucking fly to jolly old London town. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're really excited about this. Uh, yes, we got we a little are. draft to do, but before we do that, I need more wine. So take and a And I need to take a bathroom break. break. Thank you all. This episode has been sponsored by Hugh Jackman. We'll be right back after this commercial break. When you pod on the podcast... Makes no difference if you laugh. Someone just drove down the one way in front of my house. That was beautiful. Thank you. <clears throat> I took all the energy I had left in my body. <laughs> you and Pinocchio? Oh my god, Pinocchio. Jesus. All right. It's Disney draft time, baby. Draft. We game. thought that this was going to be a. We thought that this was going to be a shorter pod, and we were going to have time to do a Disney draft. But we're two hours into this fucker, so um, it's going to be a standard Radiovania episode. Did you expect nothing less? I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah, me neither. As soon as I saw your news stock, I was like, "All right, full show." <laughs> all right, Disney draft. This draft sponsored by. Uh, Sponsored by uh, Tom Hanks. Use code <laughs> use code Wilson to use get ten percent off. Ten yeah. percent <laughs> off at the Tom Hanks store. Sponsored by Rainy Video. Thank you for our sponsor, Tom Hanks. We appreciate you. Um, John, why don't you kick this off for me? Give me a little give me a little rundown of what we're doing here. All right, so we're drafting. If you listen to episode one hundred, we did a superhero character draft with Cal. This is going to be just a two person draft, so a little bit. A little bit different. There's no snake style when there's only two people. This one's just gonna be for fun. We love we love drafting from big lists and putting things in categories. That's just one of the things that makes Zach and I happy. So this is the Disney movie draft, and the categories are as follows. <clears throat> you need one animated film that is a 2D animation. You need one animated film on 3D animation. So aka like circa 2010. You need one live-action movie that is not a Fox, Star Wars, or Marvel movie. You need a Pixar movie. You need a Oscar winner. Oscar winner cannot be something that won for song. Do you agree with this, Zach? It has sure. to be what it has That's to be fine. one animated feature. That's fine. That's fine. You need a musical, which is literally what it's essentially a wild card. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you need one musical in case you didn't like music. You need a princess movie where the main character is a Disney princess of the, you know, well-known Disney princess variety and a wild card where you can have any Pixar or Disney movie in there. 
but okay. no Marvel, Star Wars, or Fox in that category either. Okay, and we're allowed to draft any of these at any time, right? We're allowed to take a pick Correct. in any of these categories, but we're going to decide. Not, we're not doing snake drafts. It's just going to be one after the other, and John's going to flip a coin to decide who goes first. Yes, and then okay. that person just gets to pick first. But and really, there's no reason to do a snake with with one, with two people. And for some of these categories here, we're, you know, we're going to go on the fly. I tried to I tried to think about this while I was, you know, walking today down by the river. It was beautiful. It was a nice sunny day, nice cool breeze in Cincinnati. The fall air is in the air, and I was just thinking about all the Disney movies in my head. But if I need to do some research, I may need to do some research. So there might be some vamping that needs to take place. You can pivot live. Um, we can set a clock for picks. If you need it. God, God, I hope we don't need to set a clock for picks. I think we're going to be just fine. I think we're going to be just fine. Too. Yeah. So, all right. Well, all right. so then I guess uh, the first thing to do is decide the draft order. Here's the coin. It's Pikachu. <laughs> Heads, shiny. Tails, not. Zach, call it. Tails never fails, baby. Give me Pikachu's ass. It is Tails. So okay. Zach gets, Zach gets the first pick. First right, overall so we'll pick. We'll just alternate. Yep. So it's going to go Zach then John. So I'm going to update this on the on the uh, the sheet as we go. Um, and I'm taking my first round pick overall. Animated 2D. I'm taking the Lion King. That's. Um, I mean, is that isn't that like the LeBron James of the draft? I honestly do think that this might be the first overall pick. This is the Cooper Cup. This is the Jonathan Taylor. Uh, although Jonathan Taylor not doing so hot this year, but, uh, you know, the Colts are, are what they are. Um, but yeah, the Lion King Disney 2d animation. So I'm taking the, one of the stronger or the, one of the more, one of the categories with a lot of depth. Um, but I'm taking the first overall pick as the Lion King. Um, you had to have it. What more needs to be said? It is my favorite animated movie of all time. It's my favorite Disney movie of all time. Um, it was going to be between this and another one that I'm curious to see if you take second overall. But um, I uh, I love The Lion King. I think that it's a beautiful, beautiful achievement in animation. It's just a beautiful film overall. I mean, the music is great. The performances are great. The animation is gorgeous. The It has one of the best openings in cinematic history. Just, not just animation, just transcending animation. The fucking... The circle of life with everything leading up to Simba being held up around the crowd. It is it is a chill-inducing movie. Um, has a great ending as well with the Battle of Pride Rock. Um, it's Hans Zimmer, right, that did the score for this too. Yeah, so Correct. just a beautiful score, uh, beautiful movie, beautiful songs. Elton John. Elton John, yeah. I mean, Can You Feel the Love Tonight is arguably a top 10, top 10 Disney song. Um, so, yeah. Lion King first overall pick, um, and I'm gonna also note these with first pick for like a overall yeah, picture. So um, before I make my next pick, unless you have anything else to say, I would reiterate everything you said about the Lion King. I think it's great. Okay, instead of wild card, what if we made that category? You have to pick a live action remake. Ooh. I like that actually because the wild yeah. card could be the music musical category technically. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. That go to ahead. Live action. Re- yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> that's the that. kicker. Whew. <laughs> yeah. That's literally. It's like yeah. Do you want to draft Tyler Bass in the first round or do you want to take you know? Yeah. All right. Um, I'm a little worried because here's the thing: is 
we're kids of the 90s. Zach and I are, are similar in age. We love Disney. Um, That's right. My family are, are big Disney freaks, not as much as me, but I do have a fondness for a lot of the movies. You and I have very similar interests when it comes to Disney. So this draft could get a little dicey. And I'm worried about you stealing this from me. So I have to take it now. And I want Aladdin. I want Aladdin. <sighs> that was going to be. So that was what I was saying earlier is that I need it. That's either my first or second pick. I'm taking Lion King overall, but yeah, Aladdin as the number two seed is easily like, yeah, um, transcending iconic performance by Robin Williams, rest in peace as the easy. genie. Yeah, uh, one of my favorite sets of songs. I could have slotted this in musical, but that's a pretty broad category. Um, look, what more can be said? Aladdin's fucking great. I love it so much that I've refused to watch the live action remake. Yeah, so there yeah. you go. Aladdin is brilliant. It it would have been my – so if the coin flip had gone the other way, I think that I, – I was curious as to where it would have gone because I wondered if you were going to I would have take taken Aladdin. it first overall. You would have taken Aladdin first overall pick. I would have taken it over Lion King. I would have let you so take Lion King. It's I like I need, I need it. <laughs> so I basically burned my first round pick when I when I couldn't – I could have saved did. it. Yep. Damn. Yeah, you could have saved it. That's it's a bummer. Okay, I, but yeah, no, dude, you're totally right on the money. I mean, I think that The Lion King and Aladdin are, are in such classes of their own. Like I think that they're yeah. two of the – two of the best animated movies ever fucking made. Um, I think it's interesting that both of us went for animated 2D first overall. Like, I don't think that this list would go the same for different age brackets. It's, it's Listen, interesting. I mean, there is kind of a run on a couple of different categories, but I mean, I could have slotted this. I literally could have slotted this an Oscar winner or a musical, but there are some others in other categories that I could figure it out. But yeah, I mean... This is showing our age a little bit, <laughs> so maybe a little bit. Yeah, but that's fine. All right, so you're on the clock. I'm on the clock. <sighs> Where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? This is tricky. Do we need to define what a musical is? Is it musical numbers or people singing in the movie? What's the difference? That's what I'm asking. I think a musical like, is, is, a, is a musical storytelling through song or is a musical there are songs playing while things are happening? Or is it both? Um, like La La Land musical, they are telling the story half the time through lyrics. Give me an example of a Disney movie that you think is not a musical. Well, I don't want you to take it from me. So I'll, I guess I'll ask when it's my turn. You go ahead and do your thing. Like Mary Poppins musical. Yes. Right? Um, I don't think that I'd classify. Oof. We'll get there. Coco is not a musical. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Coco has but, music in it, but it's not like. They're not telling the story through song. <sighs> Encanto musical. Yes. Coco, not a musical. At least that's how I would view it. But I think this, okay. I mean, it's just the two of us. So we can, we can argue semantics if we need no, to. No, no, no. Pikachu decides. <laughs> Pikachu. <laughs> I choose Unbiased, you. I Pikachu choose you. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> um, right, well, what do you got? What do you got for Yeah, me? dude. Oh, fuck me. Fuck my life. This is tricky. Because I had so many things in my mind earlier, but I was just, you know, I was all over the place. I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go with the second pick. I didn't even know. I didn't know where I was going to come down on because, like, yeah, the 2D animation is where my 
that's where my heart lies. Like a yeah, lot. But there's fighting. a lot of 2D animated movies that can go into the other categories. That's true. Okay, so <clears throat> all right. Shit, fuck. Never seen it. <laughs> this is hard, dude, because I know you're going to come in with the vulture after this. All right, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. This is unpopular opinion. Zach, I'm taking up. Up in Pixar category? Up in the Pixar category, so third overall. Right. That's solid. Um, You love this movie. I love this movie. I honestly think one. that this this is one of the movies. Um, this is easily one of my favorite Pixar movies. I love um, it. It's Wally that I don't care for. I'll go ahead and tip my hand on that. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I think that you know the soft spot in me would be to be like, okay, so Toy Story, I have a lot of nostalgia for, but I do think that sure. Up speaks more to me as a person. I just think that, that story is so heart wrenchingly beautiful. The the I love the performances in that movie. I just think that the, I mean, I, I'll say it straight up, like the 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 beginning of Up, the the montage, the yeah, is I okay. study that that is so impactful that it's it's one of the we spent a whole couple of days on that opening alone in film school when I was in college about like how they structured that, why it's so emotionally impactful, the the different ways that just rip your fucking heart out at the beginning of that movie. Um, and I just think that it's a beautiful story of, you know, dealing with loss and growing up and, and like it's toy story. Toy story is the easy number is like an easy first overall pick for the Pixar category, but I have no problem taking up this early in the draft in the Pixar category, because I just think that it's, it's such a powerful movie, man. Like I, the comedy is great fucking uh the scout kid and the dog and you know you got old man doing old man things but like at the heart of it <laughs> it's just a beautiful story about like dealing with grief and loss and like man that movie that movie just gets better the more the more i think about it so yeah taken up third overall uh you want to watch a grown man cry? You put on that fucking movie and watch me just weep like a fucking baby. It's awful. You haven't also mentioned the most iconic character from that movie, Doug. The dog. Oh yeah, Doug. I hit Shout him out to Doug. your porch because I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that movie. That movie's a delight. Um, I couldn't be happier because I was really worried you were going to spite pick me. So I'm going to take an Oscar-winning animated film. I'm going to take Coco. Okay. You need to have it. This is the other one that I needed to have. I was worried you were going to be like, I know John loves Coco. I'm going to take it from him just because... It's, like it's not like my Daredevil pick in the, in the comic book. I know, yeah. That's fair. <laughs> this is a little, more, a little more lighthearted and fun. But yeah, I mean, what more can be said about Coco that I haven't already said to you, but I guess to the audience? Like, I think Coco is one of the most clever clever animated films in the 2010s and onward um this is the last good pixar movie that i saw the, the ones since then haven't really resonated with me with me much i know you're a big fan of luca um yes lucas list, but awesome. um i love coco that's if you want to see another grown man cry you can watch me watch the end of, of coco when they're all i'm not gonna spoil it for you because if you haven't seen it you should go see it coco is a great movie zach any thoughts on coco 
Yeah, no, I, uh, it's a beautiful movie. It's a movie that I came to late on the game because I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, it was in the time when I was starting to like drift away a little bit from the animated realm. Um, so I, I only watched it on streaming years down the road. I don't even think until Disney Plus launched. I think I watched it during COVID, honestly. I think maybe I watched it in 2020. That sounds right. Um, I feel like I kept pressuring you into watching it. Yeah. But uh, it is a gorgeous movie. Uh, gorgeous both in the storytelling and the visuals. I think that visually speaking, it's, it's one of the best looking Pixar movies. Yep. Um, the, uh, the land of the dead that they've animated yeah. is just so rich in color and, and, and music and sound. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, totally agreed. I, I And yeah, uh, it has some great music in it, although I definitely don't think it classifies as a musical. I definitely t- I, I, I appreciate your Oscar pick there, um, taking Coco. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you know, it's got a beautiful soundtrack and a beautiful score to it. And it's and it's a it, I mean, just an, again, like another movie about it's a very complex movie. I think that those are the best. Pixar movies is the ones that deal with complex emotions and stuff. And so I think yeah. that, you know, Coco is a beautiful movie. I j- it's not one of, it's not, I don't even know if it cracks my top eight top. This is where we defer, six. but I, this is a one for me pick. I needed it. And, you know, yeah. I probably could have gotten it later cause you probably wouldn't have taken it, but you could have, <laughs> I could have, but I, I was not about to spite you on Coco. I, I, it's, it's a movie that I really, really appreciated. I loved it the first time I saw it. I loved Remember Me. That's a song that I think about every now and then, and I think about the ending of that movie and just how impactful it is. But it's not a Pixar movie that like has I mean, drawn what is, me back from multiple viewings. But what is a better – one of the best messages, of, I think, for anyone that's struggling with what is the concept of like what does it mean to be alive, right? What does it mean to have lived a life? But more importantly, what, how is your legacy remembered? And that is something that anyone who's ever felt like they're such a small part of the world, when you watch this movie, sure, you can really feel like the people that love you and care about you, your memory continues to live on with the motif of the ofrenda, where they keep all the pictures of the family members and stuff. It's just beautiful. Great message. Good music. Agree. Un poco loco, bitch. Un poco loco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a really, it's a really fun movie. I definitely agree with your sentiment there about the themes. Like, yeah, l- wondering what it means to live a full life, and and you know, it, it is, it is really beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. Like, good, good, good fourth overall pick. I, I, I'm shocked you didn't take it higher, considering how lovely. I couldn't. <laughs> I had to take Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Good point. Aladdin still wins for me in my book. Yeah. Okay. Now you're back on. Fifth pick. I'm back up on the board, and I'm also going with an Oscar pick here, and I'm going to take Toy Story. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch. That's a good pick. Toy Story, fifth overall. So, um, Toy Story, falling down the ladder. Yeah. I, well, the thing is, is that I don't think Toy Story um, – this is my nostalgia pick here, and follow me on this. Don't yeah. – don't – don't fucking – Piss all over me here. I'm not going to piss on you. I love Toy Story. Toy Story is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Shout out to well, one of my one of my best friends, Paul. He loves Toy Story. It's He still to this day, he's almost 30 years old, says it's his favorite movie of all time. That's awesome. I didn't know that. That's, what a he loves man. Toy Story. I do not think that it is like the best movie ever made. I think that it is an insanely nostalgic movie. 
I don't even think it's the best Toy Story. No offense, but uh, I waver. I think Toy Story three has the best ending, but I think that Toy Story one has overall just a great stem to stern close narrative. Like, yeah. are I you actually, a Toy Story two guy? I'm a two guy. When she oh God, no, loves I'm not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, listen. So, <clears throat> no, I love Stinky Pete. That's my dude. Stinky Pete. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got the montage of the guy cleaning him. You know, the ASMR before ASMR. It's a good show. I'm a big I'm a big Jesse guy. Shout out to uh, dude, Jesse's great. I love the. Say what I was about to say. <laughs> Shout out to redheads. Gotta love them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm a, I'm a two guy for sure. Yeah, I like Toy Story two a lot too. But um, none of them are bad. Have you seen four? Uh, no, I still never seen four. Okay, four is also good. Mm-hmm. You, I'm sure, cry like a little baby at the end of four though. Damn. Yeah. Shout out Julia. I watched it with Julia. She that was what I was about to time. say. I was like, shout out Julia. Toy Story 2. She's like, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw! <laughs> Bullseye! <laughs> I get a sense of this. Toy Story 2 also has one of the best cold opens where it's Buzz yeah. attacking Zerg's base and you find out that it's just Ham playing the video game. It's, it is awesome. Yeah. Um, anyway, talk about the first one. Yeah, Toy Story. I mean, what can be said? I mean, what else can be? What else needs to be said? I mean, the fir- the first big Pixar movie to make huge waves in pop culture. Um, the animation was so ahead of its time. It was a movie for adults and kids. Like, you know, it's not just about kids like being able to have fun with their toys, but it's also about adults thinking about like, you know, all the old toys that they had when they were growing up and like what they would do if they weren't, you know. What if your toys came alive when you weren't around? It's it's such a unique concept, and um, I love the whole the whole idea of the hierarchy of these toys, like them thinking that they're you know better than each other, and the the whole the whole uh, relationship between Buzz and Woody, and and one of them thinking that they're a, you know more real than they are, and dealing with your own deal. It's it's honestly a movie. It's kind of a movie about dealing with your own mortality in a way. It is. Like no, it definitely is. Like Buzz thinks he's his, this invincible space ranger, and then there's this whole fucking sequence where he just like realizes that he's a breakable piece of plastic, and it's like it's really it's really dark under the skin when you really start to think about Toy Story. Um, yeah, but it's beautiful. Randy Newman. Shout out to Randy Newman. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, friend in me. No, the best in that movie. I will go fly it. Yeah. No more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the ter- most terrifying villains, Sid. Sid. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, just splicing toys together and fucking, you know. He was definitely doing some dirty stuff with his mom's toys, so. But that's Sid. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, so Toy Story Oscars. Uh, in 1996, it won for Best Original Screenplay, Special Achievement in Academy Award, and Best Original Musical or Comedy Score. So um, cleaned up for an animated flick. So yeah, I think it's well-deserving of uh, the fifth overall pick. I love Toy Story. I think that it's a great movie. Um, I personally think that's the best of them, but it, that is a very nostalgic yeah. uh, take on that. I do think that Toy Story 3 has the better ending, but that movie is is designed to For elicit 
Yeah. It's designed for the ending. It's designed to elicit an emotional reaction from people that grew up with the Toy Story franchise. I don't think that the movie, the first two thirds of that movie are as good as either of the first two movies. Like, But Michael Keaton in that movie, though. Sure. And uh, who played, who played, did Michael Keaton play Ken? Yeah. yeah. Fucking awesome. So Fucking good. awesome. So yeah. Keats. Toy Story fifth overall pick. That's, uh, that is my pick. Uh, yeah. All right. Six overall pick. Um, this is. I I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I'm going in musical. Uh, and I'm taking one of my all time faves. I'm taking Hercules. Okay. Do you like Hercules? Yeah. No, I love Hercules. Um, I just didn't. I I fucked up here. I should have thought about that. <laughs> I might have even taken. I might have taken that over up. Bless my soul, Herc was on a roll. It's such a good movie. The muses are great. Um, No, no. Yeah, uh, Meg, call me, please. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) James Woods is Hades, one of my favorite Disney villains of all time. Yeah. Um, A great reimagining of public domain, which Disney is obviously very good at, but this one is really clever capitalizing on the fame of Michael Jordan in the 90s with the Air Hercs and the Herculades. And like, oh, <laughs> dude, that movie is just hilarious. It's so well made. I, I love that movie a lot. Mm-hmm. I can go the distance. Great fucking Yeah, movie. I can go most. If you ever want to, if you ever like having a bad day, just put that song on and go walk like along a body of water or something. You'll feel better. Yeah. I'm going to go Hercules and musical six overall yeah this is tricky yeah this is tricky because now i'm thinking about musicals as in animated musicals too i didn't really even consider that because for i'm gonna be straight up for the longest time i thought my my answer for the musical was gonna be uh pocahontas or not pocahontas sorry uh that's an option it is an option but i was gonna uh mary poppins was gonna be a musical for me i love mary poppins but But now i'm thinking slot mary poppins in live action I can, but there's another live action I want to take ahead of it. And mm. I can't spoil. Is it Benjamin Franklin Gates? <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me one. Give me one. Give me Charlotte. A you mean she was a ship? <laughs> the Charlotte? The Charlotte. Yeah, she was beautiful, Dad. <laughs> the secret lies with Charlotte. Yeah. National Treasure, the show's coming out soon. Ugh. Don't they got Harvey me. Keitel to come back. Don't. So Nick Cage has got to be in it, right? At some point, that's like the penultimate episode. Yeah, this might be a contentious pick, but I'm taking it. National oh, Treasure. <laughs> I was trying to psych you out to take something. I really wanted no. it in live. All right. National Treasure, seventh overall. I, I, so let's be real. It's a great movie. It's not good, but it's great. <laughs> no, it's good. So arguably one of my most nostalgic movies, because this was one of the first like big budget action adventure movies I saw in the theater. I remember I remember I remember um, I was really scared to see movies as a kid because I didn't like horror at all. And like scary stuff in movies like really freaked me out. But I saw this movie with Michael Richard, if I'm not mistaken. And I had to ask him, like, is this movie scary? 
And he was like, oh, no, no, it's like a fucking treasure movie or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, There's like cool. skeletons in it. <laughs> and then the first scene there on the skeleton boat, and I was like, fuck. <laughs> but, Why would um, the captain be guarding this barrel? <laughs> um, I don't know. I, this this movie just means a lot to me, so I'm going to take my live action early. And also just because like I'm having trouble thinking of another live action movie that I really would feel confident taking this early in the draft. Um. Yeah. I just think that that movie is going to age so beautifully as we get older um, because it's cheesy. It's a cheesy heist movie with Nick Cage and fucking Justin Bernthal and stuff. like. It's like – like it's cheesy. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Sean, yeah. But – He actually makes the movie better. He does <laughs> He's make such a good actor in that movie and no one else is. <laughs> But it's a fantastic it, movie. I've seen that movie probably more than any live action Disney movie ever. This was one of the first movies I owned on DVD. It was like this and Spider Man Two. Yeah, I owned that movie. It was this and the when they released the Star Wars trilogy on DVD. Yeah, yeah. I just I love this movie. I think that the the ties to American history is really really cool. I think Nick Cage gives a really entertaining performance. The comedy is really funny. I think this might be one of the most quotable movies of all time. Um, yeah. it's goofy it's funny it's it's heartfelt like the relationship with nick cage and uh riley i think is especially really cool like the the friend relationship that they have and um <laughs> riley you're not still upset about that little windowless cubicle that we found you in huh seven percent six percent five sticking percent yeah yeah um, no, it's a great pick by you, honestly. If yeah, you I'm gonna take it. I was literally gonna take it next. Really? I okay. Like, I have so, to yeah. get it. Yeah. Yeah. I I I just think that you know it, it seems sacrilege because I mean looking at this, I haven't taken anything in musical, princess movie, live uh, or animated 3D, and those are like categories I think that people would take way ahead of National Treasure. There's so some, this is there's a, some big category. But you're playing against me. I am yeah. playing against you, but I'm also like I'm playing against myself too, because there's animated 3D movies that I really like that would rival National Treasure, maybe. But it's like that movie means a lot to me. Um, I also just think that, man, in terms of the Disney live action movies that that I still watch today, they're very few and far between. National Treasure is still a movie that I'll put on. So, yeah, yeah. National Treasure in the seventh. Shout out to Nick Cage. Uh, if Disney was smart, they would cancel this new series. Uh, and just focus on getting Gore Verbinski back to do National Treasure 3. That would be amazing. They All say right. they're working on a script. I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, if this, if we need to watch the show so that they do work on the script. They need our ratings. I'm going to watch it just to get that third movie made. Anyway, so I'm up. Eighth overall pick. Eighth overall. Uh, what am I going to do, man? You got me boxed in here. So I could stake my claim on 3D or Princess and just like try to take the best one. But that doesn't really play to me. I'm also torn because there's like two picks for every category that I actually really like. And I'm mm, I could box you out of something too. Oh, what to do? Uh <laughs> I'm going to be conservative. This might be bad draft strategy, but I think I can make it up on the back end. And I'm going to take my Pixar movie, 
this was my favorite until Coco. Um, and I'm going to take Monsters, Inc. Wow. That's a good one. That is a great, great pick. If I was a rich man, <laughs> a billion or two, in a penthouse, <laughs> with a room with a view. Yeah. Dude, Monsters, Inc. is so fucking good. John Goodman, Billy Crystal. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah, it's a fantastic film. Let's not forget our, our great guy, Steve Buscemi, as uh, Randall. One of the most yeah. terrifying things I saw as a child in 2002. Oh, sure. Yeah. Dude, Mr. Mr. Waterstone. Waternoose. Waternoose. He freaked me the fuck out as a kid. I was like, Jesus Christ, this guy is yeah. terrifying. Monsters, Inc. is a movie that the older that I get, the better it continues to be because I start picking up on, like, jokes. Like, the restaurant they go to is called Harryhausen's. That went over my head as a kid. And then, yeah. like, now I've seen Clash of the Titans <laughs> and stuff. And, like, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, James Coburn is Mr. Waternoose. Fucking hilarious. I mean, Roz, the secretary, the slug lady, hilarious. You better have your paperwork, Wazowski. I mean, it's just good. And also, I love the I love the concept of like the monster under the bed, right? The monster in the closet, and how it is a genius concept. It's just good shit. I also love when they go to the Himalayas and the abominable snowman's like, "You want a snow cone?" Like it's John Ratzenberger. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to the Himalayas. Yeah, I'm gonna go Monsters Inc. That's a good pick. I mean, like honestly, like that is one of my top Pixar movies. It's yeah, it's up there. Toy Story, Up, Monsters Inc. Well, I I really like Wally. Luca is up there for me personally. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't have taken it in another category, so I literally that's, just threw a category yeah. away, but I'm picking it because I want it to be higher in the draft board. Yeah, that's the problem is that, yeah, the Pixar category is so rich. I'm having trouble with the other ones right now, um, especially musical, because you kind, we kind of took a lot of the good ones. Lion King, Aladdin, Hercules. Those are I mean, three of Almost yes, a lot of the princess movies. movies are also musicals that you could choose from. You could also still take Mary Poppins. Yeah, I could take Mary Poppins. Where do I go from here? Where do I go from here, Jonathan Swanathan? <laughs> this is tricky. I know. I just want to watch Monsters, Inc. Fucking. I know, right? Dude, the ending of that movie r- rips you apart. Also, yeah, all-time meme is when he's watching Boo go through the trash compactor. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> that shit is so fucking funny to this day. Um, and also, uh, the 2319, that sequence had – I laughed out loud as a kid. Like, that, that well, scene and is Well, in so COVID, funny. it's even funnier. Like, I remember making jokes of seeing masks on the ground and being like, 2319. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of my favorite running bits in the movie is how they keep covering up Mike's face and he doesn't yeah. care. Oh, it's, I'm yeah. on the cover of a magazine. Billy Crystal, dude, what a legend. Yeah. I love him so much. And isn't the story, too, that Billy Crystal was offered the role to play Woody and he turned it down? And then he was like, it was like the worst career decision I ever made. So when they offered him the role of Mike, he took it. And that is so perfect for Billy Crystal. It is yeah. literally perfect. Yeah. <sighs> okay. I think I've come to a decision. I can't the the 
the princess movie that I want to take is I think I could wait and get it later. So I'm going to skip and I am going to take what you were saying. And uh, I am going to take my musical and I'm going to take Mary Poppins. Solid. The original, right? Not the Emily Blunt one. No, fuck that shit. <laughs> Mary Poppins, ninth overall. Uh, Dick Van Dyke, fucking Emma. Ro- it's Emma Roberts, right? Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Sorry. No, 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 yeah. no. Julie Andrews. Jesus Christ. Julie Andrews. Yes, thank you so much. Sorry. Julia Roberts um, is in Ocean's Eleven. Pretty. I'm taking this. Mary, so Mary Poppins is um, not just a nostalgic movie to me, but I honestly do think that it's one of the most magical Disney movies that's out there. Um, yes. The blending between real life and 2D animation, the whole – I mean Dick Van Dyke fucking makes that movie, dude. The chimney sweep sequence and then the dance with the penguins. Oh, what a lovely day with Mary. Like I, dude, I used to watch that movie so much as a kid, and when you watch it today, I think it still fucking holds up. Like the whole idea of like – these kids that are kind of lost and the, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting commentary on like families and stuff like that. Like the fact that the family isn't like, they're never around. So they need to hire this nanny to basically raise their fucking kids and stuff. But I don't know. It's just a cool, clever movie. Uh, I love the 2d animation stuff when it comes in, like all the stuff at the horse race and everything with the penguins, I think is so great. The musical numbers all the time get stuck in my head. Like even randomly, like I'll get, um, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious stuck in my head. Um, anytime I'm doing chores around the house, there's a, always a random time when I'll start to sing, just a spoonful of sugar helps the yeah. medicine go down. It's a good Medic- working song. It is, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just, a, it's a beautiful movie. I, I just love, it's got so much emotion behind it. I love the style, it's just, it's such a time and a place, and I watched it so much as a kid. Um, yeah. Definitely taking it in the musical category. I think it's, uh, yeah. That's a good Well-deserving line. ninth pick, yeah. Love some Mary Poppins. Fun fact, when I was five, Mary Poppins was like my favorite movie besides Star Wars. And we went to Disneyland, and you could sign up and like pay to have lunch at Mary Poppins Tea House. And she would come and sit at your table and like talk to you. And you had to like wear gloves and shit and like drink tea. I was so excited. I went and met Mary Poppins. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> There's pictures somewhere. I'll have to see if I can get my mom to find them. All right. So I'm going to stake my claim in Princess because there's a lot of them, but there's not Ooh. a lot of them I particularly like. And I I'm so. Least. Oh, you're taking. Okay. Okay. Interesting. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. But shouts out to. I don't, well, I'll let you make your princess pick, and I'll tell you, I wanted another one, but then I realized I boxed myself out because I, I had to get Hercules in musical, and I could have slotted one in one, but I like Hercules better than these two princess movies. So yeah, I'm going to go with Beauty and the Beast, the original animated one, obviously. I think that that is a great pick. I mean, that that Ten? might very Come well on. be one of the most traditional picks on the on the board, though. Sure. sure. Not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that, like, you know, Beauty and the Beast is is at this point an animated classic. So I'm not I mean, shocked listen, taking that that early. Belle, that's that's my girl. You're gonna go with Little Mermaid, aren't you? Hey, no spoilers for my fucking. It's draft. literally your type. You have to just take it now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
Yeah, a, yeah. a brunette book reader in French, <laughs> pre-French Revolution Paris. That's my girl. Yeah. Oh, another musical that we missed, Zach, that cannot be taken in any other category now is uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's a good one. It is a it's a dark movie. fucking movie. He, there's a is whole it better than Hercules and Mary Poppins, though? No. Definitely not. No. I don't think so. Personally. A lot of gypsies in that, though. It's cool. A lot of gypsies. Yeah. Looking at this list now, I think we're in what I'm going to call the blur zone. <laughs> because, honestly, there's a couple... Like, I, I'm basically picking... It's funny that no animation 3D movies have been picked yet. Um, yeah, for my princess movie, I honestly do think I am going to take... Oh, this is hard. I'm going to take a princess movie, but it's hard because, I mean, you can't steal it. through it. I can't steal it, yeah. Yeah, you can't steal it at this point. So I'm between Mulan and uh, 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 Mulan that. is not a princess. What's the movie? Ariel. Mulan, Mulan is not a princess. Oh. So you would have had to take that a musical. Oh, uh, Pocahontas. What about Pocahontas? Does that count as princess? I guess if you consider the chieftain of a Native American tribe to be a king. I can give it to you if you want. Yeah. This is tricky. I'm gonna take it. I'm I'm going I'm going Little Mermaid. Oh, it's a safe pick. It's a good one. This is gonna this is gonna help you get votes. You know, people love part of your world. Jody Benson. Look at Sebastian this. Sebastian the Crab, Under the Sea, one Isn't of the best it? songs. Oh, dude, Sebastian. We would, dude, if if we could hang out with Sebastian, we'd 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 have a fucking night on the town. Kiss the girl, one of my favorites, is amazing. You got to kiss the girl. Sha la 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 my oh my, look like the boy do sha. Yeah, it's a good one. Good pick. All right. I could take the best live action remake because there's not many. But I really don't care about that category. <laughs> so, I really <laughs> so I have 3D animation or live action. You've already taken your live action. So I could get my favorite 3D animated movie. Oh, also the princess movie that I was thinking of was um, Princess and the Frog. One of my favorites. So uh, I don't think I've seen Princess and the Frog all the way through. I, because it came out at such a weird time. Like I was not, I didn't see it in the theater, and I think that it was, it was just not at the time where I watched it on DVD. So I, I don't think I've ever seen Princess and the Frog all the way through. Yeah, when I come hang out with you next weekend, we'll watch Princess and the Frog. It's gonna be great. Yeah. So I'm gonna go animated 3D. Okay. And I might be walking into your trap here. I'm caught in a trap. I can't walk out. But I preferred one of these movies over the other, and I want Moana. You're a big Moana guy. Love Moana. Dwayne Johnson. See the light where the sky meets the sea. It calls me. I love it. Mata Nui, my guy. Let's go. And uh, our guy, Tamora Morrison, is in it as the chieftain. Yeah. Boba. Boba, Boba, Boba. 
I think yeah. you're welcome is the best Disney song of the like the 21st century. Wow. So. All right. Yeah, no. Uh Moana's good. Um it's uh, it didn't hit me the way that it hit a lot of people. Yeah. Um totally understand the cultural impact. I think it's a it's a it's a really entertaining movie, but it just didn't Lin didn't Manuel Miranda. Like, that's Lin-Manuel Miranda and then also Jermaine Clement, like uh, two guys that I personally, you know, I really look up to in terms of like Lin-Manuel Miranda directed probably my favorite movie of last year, uh, Tick, Tick, Boom. Um, just a genius guy. And then Jermaine Clement, Flight of the Concords is easily one of the best comedy bands of all time. So, um, yeah, Moana, really, really good. Didn't hit me exactly where it hit a lot of other people, but I totally understand uh, the love for it. Um, I do like the Maui song. I mean, that's un- that's almost undeniable. Like, you know, I can't sing the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yes, I Maui can move mountains and something or other. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Got to um, All right. Anything else to say about Moana? No. Whenever you make your other 3D animated pick, I'm gonna I'm gonna come in with a hot take. Okay. Yeah, because that's where I'm at right now. Is that I I absolutely can't. You got to draft your kicker last, so I can't do a live action remake. So I'm gonna have to draft my animated 3D, and I'm taking Frozen. Okay. So my other animated 3D, I like Zootopia more than. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought about that one as well. I knew Big that you Zootopia really like guy. Love Jason Bateman. I love the political commentary in that movie. It's a great song from Shakira. <laughs> Try everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, it's charming. But listen, Frozen's gonna get you all the votes. Like you know, everyone's gonna be like, oh, I fucking love Let It Go, <laughs> Olaf, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Um, yeah, Frozen. Uh, Frozen really, 2's really, better. Never seen it. Never I seen it. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, no, I don't know. Frozen was an interesting thing, because it was like, I, it was right before I went to college that Frozen came out, I feel like. Or it was right around the time that I was in, it was somewhere around there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Time. Time, time is a black, um, as a flat, flat circle. circle. Um, but for someone that had been off the Disney train for a while, Frozen was like a comeback story for me where I was like, I loved all the music. I thought the animation style was beautiful. I I thought the story, the one thing about the movie that is that you, that is like undeniable is that the story makes no sense. It makes no sense. You're there's, it's a town, it's about a town of ice people that haul ice and then they're mad when their lead their princess is able to make ice and it's like why would this be a problem and then it was totally so the original screenplay well, isn't was it it's, the fact that they they only harvest ice in the winter though they still have other crops and she freezes everything over in summer that's a good point i didn't think about that yeah but if they're an ice town primarily i don't want to get caught up in the semantics <laughs> Um, I just know that that's been a common complaint over the years is that like, why would they be mad about having extra ice if their princess can make ice, whatever. 
but then the other the other big glaring problem is that Elsa should have been the villain. She should have been the villain of the movie, she and that's Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that's what she was originally written as. Apparently, like before they rechanged the, the movie, went through a lot of production issues, and they yeah. changed a bunch of stuff in the middle of the production. Elsa was supposed to be the villain, but then they realized that they had this great song for her and this great like turn, and that they were going to be able to get kids to be like, "Well, we want we want to be her and not Anna." But I think Anna is a much more compelling character than Elsa. Um, and, uh, you know, let it go is, I think one of my least favorite songs in the whole fucking movie. Um, I think the best song in the movie is, um, for the first time in forever. And that song legitimately, uh, it doesn't like make me cry, but when I hear that song, when I watch that movie, like it actually does kind of like, it gives me goosebumps and kind of like wells me up. Cause I'm like, it's, it's good. It's just a good song, and it's a beautifully written scene, and she's running around the castle, and the animation's beautiful, and I'm like, this is what I like Disney for. And um, it's Sarah Marshall. Isn't it? Uh... Race clinch a wild card spot. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> it's Kristen Bell. Yeah, Kristen Bell. That's yeah. right, yeah. A delight, an American treasure. Totally. And she's great in the movie. And like, I like that song. I really like um, the song that she sings with the douchebag before she knows he's a douchebag. Oh, the um, <laughs> where they finish each other's sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Oh, um, I can't think of the title. Love is an open door. Love is an open door. Yeah. Listen, dude, Frozen. Frozen is an earworm. You watch it is, that movie yeah, it's and it will be stuck in your head forever. But I would also argue the same thing for Moana. So. Sure. Yeah. And I also just love the the Pacific Islands much more than the harsh tundra of <laughs> Frozen. <laughs> the only – so there's two things. Again, the plot holes. Elsa should have been the villain. She should have never done the thing. Although I do appreciate the ending of it being true love's kiss, but it's the, her sister that needs to like – <laughs> stop stop it stop it that's what happens it's like she doesn't need to well that's the whole thing is that she was supposed to be she unfrozen thought it was she, true love's kiss right yeah, yeah but it turns out that it's like what all she needs is the, the love of her sibling like she exactly. needs yeah. the, that familial bond it's beautiful it's actually really really poignant but the the whole ice thing with the ice town the fact that the elsa should have been the main villain and then b uh c the only other thing that this movie – and that's why it's my 13th pick on this board right now is that the trolls could have just been completely cut from the movie and oh, no one see, would – I, I love the trolls. Really? About it. Yeah, that's that's Norse mythology, baby. Oh, my God. I just think their song is terrible. You don't like the Fixer Upper song? <laughs> no. Not a bit of a Fixer I like the Sven song better than I like the whole troll song. Yeah. Do you like the do you like Olaf? Let's talk about Olaf. Yeah, no. So this is one of those things where it's like going into the movie, you see this trailer, and it's like this fucking snowman's gonna be doing some bullshit, and I'm like, oh, he's gonna be a fucking <laughs> he's gonna be a fucking asshole. And then you actually see the thing and that song that he sings, like he about like loving summer, but he can't enjoy summer because he's a fucking snowman. And I'm like, this is actually really cute and really innocent and it reminds me of like characters like um, from older Disney movies. So, yeah, I like Olaf a lot. I don't think that he overstays his welcome. I think that he's utilized exactly as much as he needs to be in that first movie. And I've never seen the second one. 
Uh, I've heard that he gets a little bit more extra in the second one, but I, I don't know. He has arguably the funniest thing in the second one. It's amazing. What is that? We'll add it to the list. I don't want to tell you. It'd be ruining it. It's hilarious. I, I was crying Frozen. laughing. Huh? Watch that scene, but I'm not going to watch Frozen 2. You should watch Frozen 2. It's good. It's a good movie. I saw the trailer. The trailer is beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. He That's recaps the, the he recaps the first movie. Guy. He recaps the first movie C3PO style to like a uh-huh. tribe and it is fucking hilarious. Um anyway, got it. That was a good pick by you. A little basic, but I respect it. <laughs> hey, um, let's vote, baby. <laughs> so here's the thing. I kind of want to box you out in live action remake and I'm going to take Beauty and the Beast again. So you're taking Beauty and the Beast, the the Emma Watson one? Yeah, the uh, No One Fucks Like Gaston one. Yeah, you heard it right. No one. I'm going to put in all caps, like Luke Evans. Because you have to take one in that category now, correct? I do. That's my last category. Yeah, good fucking luck, man. Yeah, this is going to be tricky. <laughs> take Pinocchio. You won't. No, I'm not gonna do that. Tell me why you like. Uh, tell me why you like this. Why? So why are you? Taking- I'm taking it. I think it's great cast. Um, of all the live action remakes, which I am opposed to remaking the animated films, this one is the least egregious because it takes some liberties that I enjoy. I think the casting all around is just better, and the fact that it doesn't rely on CGI animals like Lion King or Jungle Book. I think helps the movie not be as egregious. Um, so I really love Lumiere played by Ewan McGregor. Our dude, Ian McKellen is Cogsworth. You have fucking um, Kevin Klein is crazy old Maurice. Luke Evans as Gaston. Josh Gad as uh, what's his name? LeFou. Emma Watson's auto-tuned. It's a, it's a little distracting, but you know, I still have a crush on her. It's rough. Great. It's rough. Uh, Dan Stevens as the Beast is actually very well done. Um, the CG of the Beast, not so much, but he's got a good voice for the Beast. And yeah, you know, they they capture all the same songs that I really enjoyed, and I think it looks cool. I love the aesthetic. It reminds me of, like, Bloodborne, but not scary. Oh, God. And it's the yeah, only that's... one worth picking, and you know I'm right. Like, you literally can't pick yeah. one that's better than that, because the rest are all CG animals and shit. Or so, like Cinderella, which was boring. According to Rotten Tomatoes, and I'm not saying that this is the end all be all, but that's the number eight on the list. It has a 70, it's just ranked by Rotten Tomatoes score. It has a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's number eight on the list in terms of live action Disney remakes. Good for them. It's crazy to me. The Jungle Book is the number one, has a 94% um, positive review. The Jungle Book? Yeah. It's okay. It's just kind of. I've never seen it. Boring. This yeah, movie I've never I was seen. Enter- this movie I was entertained. I thought that incorporating the the Black Plague as to why Bell and Bell's mom died was pretty interesting to add one new twist. So. Um. Yeah, this is a tip. This is a tricky. Plus also, one. like again, Emma Watson is in this movie. <laughs> She's great. What a delight. Yeah. Oh, and I guess I that, think was, that, you... that was the 14th overall pick, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah, you've given me no other choice really no. here. Yeah, eat shit. I'm gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to take Mulan. Oh, the have you seen all of it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yikes. It's. I mean, it's not bad. It's. It's. Um. I like that they focused on like. You know, I mean, Donnie Yen's in the movie. Like, I mean, they focus on having like a good cast in terms of representation. It's it's it, the set design is really beautiful. The the action is really really cool. I don't like a lot of the changes that they made in terms of like having like the chi, the whole chi thing with like her actually having like magical powers. No Mushu, no musical numbers. But I think that it's a it's a grounded movie that I think works. It's just not exciting at all. So if I had to take a live action movie, I mean I've not seen the movies that are above this on Rotten Tomatoes are Cruella, never seen it. The Jungle that's, Book. That's not really a remake it. though, because that's not a remake of 101 Dalmatians. Okay, so then yeah, Cinderella's above it, 83 percent. Never saw it. Pete's Dragon is a remake. Oh, never God, saw I it. Forgot they made that. Um, and then, yeah, Jungle Book is above it. So I, I, I guess I have to take Mulan. I'm just going to go with the critics' overall consensus here. I mean, below that, it's like I can't Aladdin. take Aladdin in good faith. I can't take Lady and the Tramp. I can't Lion take King. Lion King. I can't take Dumbo. I can't take Maleficent. Have you seen Dumbo? No. It's got Keaton and Danny DeVito in it. Maybe we're missing out. Maybe. Honestly, it's got a, it's got a dank movie, ass forty five percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So. But to be honest, if I saw that movie before we did this draft, I'd probably take in a live action remake because it's the only one with Keaton. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so this leads to the last pick, number sixteen. I have to take a live action movie. Yeah. You box me out with my favorite, so I literally have a lot of options now. Um. I think there's an easy answer, but so the I, easy I, answer is Curse of the Black Pearl. Well, interesting. Yeah, but interesting. I'm open to debate. What 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 do you think? I have I have three that I want to talk about first. Can I go? Can I do that first? Uh-huh. All right. So, Curse of the Black Pearl or any of the Pirates movies. Honestly, I take two. Dead Man's Chest is my favorite. Um, Swiss Family Robinson is a really old Disney classic that I enjoy, but never seen I'm it. I'm not going to get any votes off that. Uh, the one that I'm really leaning towards is the early 2000s Freaky Friday with Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> I love that movie. Wow. One of my favorites. Shout out Julia. We watch that shit all the time. Um, I also like uh, Herbie Fully Loaded with Lindsay <laughs> Lohan from the early 2000s. That also has Michael Keaton. Uh, <laughs> Um, I guess I could take the Army Hammer Lone Ranger, but that seems problematic. <laughs> you don't want to take that movie. You don't. That movie sucks, dude. That movie fucking sucks. Um, you could take National Treasure Two: Book of Secrets. Yeah, I could take Book of Secrets. I'm not gonna, but I could. I certainly could. I don't know, man. There's so many good choices. What are you thinking? For me, the easy answer is Dead Man's Chess, but I'm biased. I think that Dead Man's Chess is the best Pirates movie. I think it's it's a great action movie. Fucking awesome opening, awesome ending. I, I love that movie so much. I think it's so fucking good. Um, it is really good. Gore I mean, as well. Oof. 
I'm going to do a quick Google search because I want to see what, what happens. Best live action Disney movies. All right, Google. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> Chill. Chill the fuck out. I forgot about all the old ones, too. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is on there. Christopher uh, Robin with Ewan McGregor. Tron. You could take the original Tron. Flubber is Tron a Disney live-action movie. You could take John Carter. Enchanted. Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Is that live? Oh, the new one. Dude, I could take Holes. <gasps> Wait. No, I figured it out. I'm taking Remember the Titans. What? The Disney movie. That's a Disney movie? Yep. Boom, live action. Denzel Washington, baby, I got him in the draft. What? But shout out to, uh, shout out to Freaky Friday. You were well, right. fuck me sideways. Co-produced by Walt Disney Pictures and Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, I'm going to go with Remember the Titans. One of my fa- arguably one of my favorite sports movies of all time. I'm getting this last in the draft. This is like Dark Side all over again. You're totally fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Great fucking movie. Wow. But shout out to Pirates of the Caribbean and uh, Freaky Friday, obviously. Those are great films. Huh. So, all right, I'll read through the categories. Recap. We'll come up with a draft board later on, but uh in animated 2D, Zack took Lion King. I took Aladdin. Animated 3D, Zack took Frozen. I took Moana. In live action, Zack took National Treasure, 7th overall. I took Remember the Titans, 16th overall. In Pixar, Zack took Up. I took Monsters, Inc. In Oscar-winning animated feature, Zack took Toy Story, the original. I took Coco. In musical, Zack took Mary Poppins uh, with julie andrews and i took hercules in princess movie zach took the little mermaid i took beauty and the beast in live action remake zach took mulan i took beauty and the beast two-time beast <laughs> big beast guy love if i could go back if i could go back and change my princess movie to princess and the frog i would consider it now that i have two beast movies but i think it's funnier that i have both yeah <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, all right. Disney draft. How are you feeling? I honestly, I like my picks. I'm I'm happy with it. I got everything that I wanted except for Aladdin. I think Aladdin's the biggest steal that you got from me on my list. But everything else that I got, I I yeah. am happy with. There's nothing. The only Hercules, one you got. Hercules is also another is a good steal. The only one that you got that I really wanted was National Treasure. Yeah, like I guess that's it's good. Fun. I mean, you know. We didn't have too much of an overlap. We weren't fighting for specific picks. Like I think that each of us got, you know, the draft picks that we really, really wanted. Maybe it didn't leave for a lot of contention stuff, but yeah, I think those first few picks, especially Hercules, Lion King, Aladdin, um, National Treasure. I think that 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 added a lot of complexity to this draft. Yeah, big time. All right, well, that was fun. We'll come back with more drafts in the future. We love doing these. I think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's fun as fuck. Yeah. Okay. We should do sports movies, but then you'd have to watch all of them. <laughs> Ted Lasso in every category. Ted Lasso in every category. You um, just you just slot Ted Lasso episodes, and I actually drop 
<laughs> movies. <laughs> I could draft uh, Mighty Ducks. Um, yep. Wow, that's it, huh? That's about it, yeah. Have you seen Angels in the Outfield? No. Young Joe Gordon Levitt? No? No. Moneyball? No. Uh, the Rookie? No. Field of Dreams? Yes. Bull Durham? No. The Natural? No. For the Love of the Game? No. Fever Pitch? No. Remember the Titans? Yes. Uh, what's that, what was that Christian one? Facing the Giants? <laughs> No. Um, the Longest Yard? No, I never saw Longest Yard. Every Given Sunday? No. Every Given Sunday, I should say. No. Uh, Hoosiers? Sandlot. Sandlot. Uh, Caddyshack. Yep. Those are the two. Not really me. sports movie, but I'll, I'll accept it. Those are totally sports movies. Wait, have you seen Miracle? With Kurt Russell? I think I did a long time ago. Have you seen, um, fuck, what's that movie? Invictus with Matt Damon? No. Have you seen, oh, The Way Back with Ben Affleck? No. That's a good one. Have I you like seen Hot Shots, the movie about, like, ping pong? Yeah, I have. Yeah. <laughs> Balls That's of Fury. Not... Yeah, Balls of Fury. That's right. Yeah, Balls of Fury. I've seen that movie. <laughs> uh, Blades of Glory. Yes. Figure I've seen that. Yeah. Ricky Bobby, Talladega Nights. That counts. So yeah. I guess if we really want to get it, you just pick comedies. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm just, I'll say it straight up. Caddyshack and uh, Sandlot are the best sports movies ever made. It's it's a bad take, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> have you seen Slapshot? No. Paul Newman? No. No. I've seen Kingpin. Have you seen The Replacements with Keanu Reeves? No. Kingpin's good. Kingpin is a great, yeah. Yeah. Have you seen running out of sports here? Have you seen that golf movie with um oh the greatest game ever played? It was a Disney golf movie with Shia LaBeouf. No? No. Okay. That's all I got for now. Well, we might have to save this for another episode. Sports sports movies in review. Sports movies bracket. Sports movies draft. That could be fun. We might need to get some other guys in here. Connor. I'm kind of a puss. Literally anyone. <laughs> yeah. Or you could actually, you know, be my friend and watch some sports movies with me. I watch sports movies. I don't care. They just never uh-huh. come across my life. But yeah, I mean, if you don't want to do the Ben Affleck movie marathon this weekend, we could just do uh, fucking sports movies. I mean, he's in a couple of them, so I'll just I'll include that. I do want to see Moneyball. I've heard that I would really like Moneyball. Oh, it's a classic. Good shit. <laughs> All right, you want to bring this plane into land? Don't yeah. We, well, it's been a thick podcast. Thank you all for listening to us. Disney Draft, Last of Us recap uh, for the trailer. We had fucking all of the drama with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, everything in this episode, thank you so much for listening. It's been a great show. Remember... Follow us at Radiovania. Follow me at Zachratello. He's at Najathan Parker. Um, Radiovania.com for all the previous episodes and stuff. And we will be back soon. October's a thick month. I mean, we're going to finish out Rings of Power. Uh, I don't know if you're still watching Thronies, but there's Thrones to I'm watch. On a hiatus. I'm like on Brian, a hiatus. I'm like Brian K. Vaughn. Yeah. 
Um, I'm sure we'll do our review of Gotham Knights when we get close to the end of the month. Um, but there's a lot of stuff happening this month. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a good good content month. Hot con. What'd you call it? Fucking lots of content fall. <laughs> Fucking content overload fall. Yeah. So uh, yeah, lots of stuff to keep updated. Thank you all for listening to Radiovania. Uh, at Radiovania on everything except for Instagram. Radio at Radiovania show. Um, John, end this with a Disney movie quote. And I know that's a broad topic, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do your first overall pick. Give me a, an Aladdin quote to end this episode with. Ooh. Um. Watch out for camels. They spit. <laughs>